Alright, this is Dan House here, very nice, very evil. You are watching True Heel Heat. Probably should have had MJF do this, but there we are. Welcome to True Heel Heat, the place where we use insider terms because we think we know what the fuck we're talking about, even though we don't. My name's Maxwell Jacob Friedman, and I'm better than you, and you know it. Hello everyone, it's the hardcore legend Mick Foley wishing a nice day to everyone there, right there, at True Heel Heat. Yeah! <laughs> It is Forbidden Door Weekend. We have made it. We have made it. One of the biggest shows of the year where AEW and NJPW come together for a huge night in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. So you know we're about to preview the show as well as all of this week with AEW Collision debuting last weekend and CM Punk once again at the center of controversy and drama and a locker room divided or so says uncle dave Meltzer. and we're going to talk about vince mcmahon over on the wwe side making changes and frustrating people it's a regular saturday we got cm punk news we got vince mcmahon news you know it's going to be a great day an all-star lineup of special guests as well so let's get to true hill heat 231 <laughs> SP3. We are live on the True Hill Heat YouTube and Facebook for True Hill Heat 231. Kick in the Forbidden Door. We're here to discuss the latest wrestling news, including an apparent divisiveness in the AEW locker room following the return of CM Punk. Kenta vetoing a Forbidden Door showdown with CM Punk. Recap of this week in wrestling with the debut of AEW Collision featuring Punk's return. The go-home edition of Dynamite, Rampage, WWE SmackDown, Raw, NXT Gold Rush Week 1, ROH TV on Honor Club, Impact on Access TV, and of course, final predictions for AEW slash NJPW Forbidden Door plus more. And of course, we are here with the beautiful, the lovely. She's here back to back to back weeks, three weeks in a row. Nice it might be WrestleMania season. She's here so often. It's Miss Chrissy Love. See, why do you have to do that? So you start off good and then you go with the slides, a little bit of shade. Good morning, SP. How are you, sir? That, that means I'm glad to see you. you Is that what that speak, means? You don't know how to speak SP3 yet? <laughs> we, 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 you've only been on the show for four years now. Like, come on. Has it just, been four years? It feels so much longer. It is. It's been four years. It's been wow. four years. Yes. Yes. Well, you've morning. been a part of the crew. <laughs> <laughs> how is everybody? Happy Saturday. I hope everyone is doing well. I hope everyone slept okay. Can't wait for this weekend. Well, tomorrow. And, yes. and wrestling tonight is like rest, so many days of wrestling. I feel like it's like seven days a week now. It it pretty much is. This week it is. This week it is. We got wrestling so every wrestling. every night of the week. So that's why we got an all star wow. lineup of special guests this week, Miss Chrissy okay, Love. Okay. And we're starting off with one of the big ones that I've been wanting to have on the show for a very, very long time. One of the best in wrestling media. You've heard him on FIFA. You've heard him on Voices of Wrestling. You've heard him on Fight Game Media. All across the board, shake them ropes. It is Jeff Hawkins. Thank you so much, Jeff, for joining us. Morning, <laughs> wrestling dorks. We are here on Saturdays. Uh, 
No, I, I absolutely love that you call him Uncle Dave as well, because I do that too. Yeah. That's that's something that <laughs> I've picked up calling. <laughs> I, I literally call him Uncle David usually, but I okay. call him Uncle Dave for that's now. Awesome. He's a, you know, we're we're on a first name basis. He's been no. my uncle for for the, for a better part of my life, pretty much. <laughs> happy to be here. Happy to talk. Uh, yeah, you are right. Uh, there's a lot of wrestling. A lot of wrestling. That's why on Shake Them Roast we call it the lazy river of wrestling criticism because it's like, well, whatever we can get to. We'll talk right. about that's, that. Yeah, that's how I feel. Like, it's just so much. I'm like, I can skip some stuff, to be honest. Like, it's nothing that we really need to talk about. But we can just talk about, like, the, the important things, you know? No, we cover Punk. it all here. We cover, <laughs> yes, we cover it all here. And CM Punk keeps us busy. He keeps us busy. I, I appreciate him for that. But, yes, welcome to the Flagship Podcast. Welcome to the Saturday yes, Morning welcome. Cookout. And Jeff, this is your first time joining us. I try my best with my introductions, but of course, let the people know if this is their first time seeing you on something. Let the people know everything that you're doing in wrestling media. Introduce yourself, sir. Uh, you kind of hit all of it. Uh, I do a show called Shake Them Ropes on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network, in addition to the Dynamite Show, which we go, uh, we we at least record live ten minutes after Dynamite on Fight Game Media. Um, a lot of people in the general universe would probably know me from the few years that I did the SmackDown after shows with Sean Ross Sapp over on Fightful. And I still, I'm, I'm Fightful Emeritus. I'm on the bench. I'm kind of a sixth or seventh or sometimes 12th man. Uh, I'll occasionally do videos with uh, Joel Pearl over there on Fightful Overbooked. And, you know, if they need me for pay-per-view coverage and stuff like that, I do it there. I'm also uh, wisecracking over at Crap Game 13 on Twitter. Yes, indeed. Uh, yeah, I, you got to be the 12th man because I think I'm the 11th man. They, they only call me in. Well, I they've, told ex- them I'm- they've expanded the universe since I quit. So there's a lot more people ahead of me on the bench now. So <laughs> I, I, I'm the enhancement talent. They call me onto the main channel when they when they need me to job out to somebody, usually oh, yeah. Steven Jensen or Jeremy yeah, yeah, Lambert. Yeah. <laughs> Jensen ain't putting nobody over. <laughs> But yes, thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you all for joining us live on the flagship podcast. We appreciate y'all joining us. We got uh, plenty of people in the chat. And of course, uh, show your appreciation back. Drop the thumbs up on this video. Share this video with all your wrestling fans, friends, and family on all your favorite social media platforms. If you are new to the True Hill Heat YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. Hit the bell to stay notified for all the great content here. And of course, if you're feeling generous today, you want to have your comment highlighted on screen, you can send a super chat donation. Any dollar amount counts and it matters, and we will highlight your comment, give you your money's worth. And of course, you can also become a member of the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. For just one dollar a month and we will also feature your comment in that way as well uh we got bala b one of our members here who says well big aew weekend yes indeed we also got the negro <laughs> members saying we're live pal and uh we got dan who's a patreon backer saying so much aew uh we also got king of the north in the chat saying ah jeff hawkins jump scare there you go <laughs> You wanted heel heat, you got it, kids. Right. (laughs) (laughs) He says, look at my guy, Jeff, looking good. We got Negro Buck who says, what's up, Sid and Chrissy? Welcome to the show, Jeff. And see, they know. Negro Buck says, shade is one of SP3's love language. Oh, yeah. No, that's this is how uh, it's actually men's love languages to cut each other down. That's one of those weird (laughs) things. You know, 
You know, that's smart man right there. Smart man right there. Uh, We got Vala B saying, yes, Sid's a shady dude. (laughs) Come on. Damn. Bury, bury me, why don't you? Uh, <laughs> we got uh, we got Vala B who says, and don't forget, we got the membership now too. He says, hit the like as well. Uh, join us. We uh, got Frantic World who says, SP3 is the Austin Reeves for, for Fightful. Yes, <laughs> I'm him. Him. Los Angeles Lakers, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> it's the off season. We had a good draft. We should have picked Cam Whitmore, but we still had a good draft. The greatest day in LA sports radio is the day the Lakers are eliminated from the playoffs because then it becomes nothing but bad trade talk. Like, <laughs> like everybody can trade all their garbage for like Kobe, like they did with Vlade Divac that one year, or for Pal that one year. It's like, hey, hey maybe we could. We got, we got Pal Gasol for Kwame Brown. Come yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah. Brown. Great trade. Jeez. <laughs> Greatest trade in NBA history right there. Come on. Come on. Uh, We got a bunch of Austin Reeves love. Yes. Austin Reeves, the GOAT. The GOAT. Him. Him. But, yes, let's actually get into some wrestling. Um, (laughs) We always start off every edition of the True Hill Heat flagship podcasting, showing some love to all of y'all who show us love across the social media verse. That is our True Hill roll call. Our top three conversation starters on the True Hill's group page over on Facebook is uh, number three, Stewie Palmer, number two, Alan Weinstein, and number one, the Negro Buck, Nick Jackson. Our Patreon backers, we got Vala B, ALW, Nick Jackson, Alex McCarthy, Professor Chris, we got Austin K, Blue, Robert, Steve, Antoine, Fifth Generation Carney, Ladarius, John, Dan, Kobe, Queen Monet, Dolores, John, DJ Eric, Beep Boop, Marcus Ryan, uh, Justin Rich, James, Allen, Caden, Santo, and of course, all of our members on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel as well, which is ALW, Vala B, uh, Nero Buck, and Joseph with it. We appreciate each and every one of you, and we got some love from uh, Big Hero Chris, who's been joining us in the live chat as of late. Thank you for joining us, guys. We appreciate the love. But like I said let's get into some wrestling and By the way, we, big big yeah. pop for the name fifth generation carney that's just fantastic <laughs> one of the all-time great names yeah. that we have in our community mm-hmm. here we yep. appreciate it <laughs> definitely <laughs> yes let's get let's get into what we missed starting off with aew collision this past week uh the debut edition of collision or as our producer has put the punked and the restless season two premiere as we had cm punk making his return and causing some controversy as per usual as per usual i was going to say as per usual we wouldn't expect it any other way but continue sorry he had a very passionate promo to kick off the debut edition of of Collision, uh, most notably saying that uh, that the Warner Brothers executive, David Zasloff, calls him one Bill Phil because he's the one true article in the business filled with counterfeit bucks. And he you know also... <laughs> Also alluded to having his old AEW world title to tease a challenge to MJF to determine the undisputed AEW world champion. That wasn't the only thing he did. Of course, he was in the main event teaming up with AEW world tag team champions FTR to have a great matchup against Samoa Joe and Bullet Club Go with CM FTR getting the victory in the main event. He also had an absolute 
banger of a matchup with the return of Andrade El Idio getting the win with his wifey's figure eight over Buddy Matthews in a rematch, a significant other rematch from WrestleMania 39. Mm-hmm. Andrade getting the win, and then after the matchup, House of Black jumping Andrade to kickstart a feud with him. You also had the return of Miro, who was one of the most over guys in Chicago, apparently, uh, as he defeated uh, Tony Nice in dominating fashion. You had Sky Blue and Willow Nightingale getting the victory over the outcast Ruby Soho and Tony Storm. Blue getting a big victory in her hometown of Chicago. And you had Christian, I mean, sorry, I was confused. Luchasaurus actually got the win over uh, Warlow to become TNT champion. You wouldn't know that because Christian was the one who carried it. Like he won the title. Uh, just a very noteworthy show. It had a different feel to it, different commentary team. It just felt a lot different from your regular AEW television. Didn't feel like the first episode of a new show, more like a one-off special, but hey, that's when you don't hook anything for next week, that probably is the thing there. But overall thoughts on Collision, CM Punk's return, the main event, anything else. Jeff, what did you think about Collision's debut? I am actually shocked because you are on that team that says that this felt like a different show. And I thought the wrestling was very good. Don't get me wrong. I, I, will, I will start with the positives. Everybody on this show I liked. We'll, we'll also call it AEW Detention, AEW uh, Purgatory, if you want. Um, you know, this is where all the all the problem children, so to speak, were put on one show. Um, as a re- I mean, it was, it was very good wrestling. And it's obvious they, they brought this you know, to circle around punk. But I have a question here, and it's, it's a bit of a contrarian thought, and I've gotten some flack and I've gotten some agreement on, so I'm going to put it to you and your audience. I worked in television for a very short time. I call it a cup of coffee, writing sitcoms, things like that. It felt to me like it, if you did a log line of this show, it's, ju- it's a wrestling show that stars CM Punk. Whereas you had the opportunity to re- not only stylistically change some things, but also in terms of attitude, in terms of presentation of wrestling, anything. And there were no real risks taken here. And there's no real personality to this show other than punk. Whereas you could have done some table setting on, on like, say, a pilot where you establish all the characters and here's what this is. Like, you could have gone hard into that, oh, these are the problem children type thing. And this has a bit of a harder edge. You could have had some new people on commentary and not just people who people are familiar with, with good Titans and stuff. You could have marketed this towards a younger demographic, so to speak, Mm. like even putting like swerve at the head of this show, Mm. you know, and look, I love my boomer rock. I like Saturday nights. All right for fire, but we have a lot of boomer rock in this, in this company with between this Kansas carry on my wayward son, Jefferson starship and Jade. You know, where's the fresh <laughs> Yeah, where's where's the fresh rebranding of of wrestling that this could have been? So I feel in some ways it was a bit of a missed opportunity because let's say Punk implodes again, which mm. is entirely possible. Yeah. It, it is. Then, then what is Is who's your who's your star? Who's what is person? your pitch for this show then? Yep. That that is the thing. I mean, we could I mean like one of my one-off ideas was one of the best wrestling games ever made for the PS2 system was Death Jam Vendetta. We could have had something that had that as a stylistic choice there, but there, there was nothing. I mean, this was 
in in my terms, it was a wrestling show. It was a very good wrestling show. The wrestling was a little bit more cut, kick, punch, stomp, work a guy down, get a finish, which appeals to me because I like 80s territory wrestling a lot. But at the end of the night, it was still it was a and there was no cliffhanger at the end either, which made people want to yeah. come back. Which just that, that's why I, I said it felt like a one off special more than yeah. a first a first of a new show. Yeah, like part of me wanted it to end. Like, have you all seen the Shield, the pilot of that, where it turns out Vic Mackey's the bad guy? And it's like if Punk had ended that show being the heel, I'm in, man. I'm in to come see this right back. You know, some some sort of twist, something to get us back there. You know, something like that, and you know, while while I liked everybody involved and and it appealed to me on that level, it just it felt like okay, this is another two hours of wrestling, mm, and yep. and and I liked it and was fine, but it's also like one of those things where it's like you can wait and hear what other people think about it and go, okay, I'll pick and choose what's there. It doesn't didn't feel like it was a game changer like say that first Nitro was, or mm. when Raw debuted Warzone or something of that effect. I, uh, the only reason I say it was it was different is the look, the look, the colors they use the you know, you, you say, you know, they didn't have like a new commentary team, but they really did. But they went back to more of like Ring of Honor 2012. And they were a their... good commentary team. Don't get me wrong yeah. on that either. I'm not yeah. I'm not slagging uh, Nigel and Kevin because they, I mean, and and. Trust me, their booth was a lot more listenable than, say, NXT. Dude, dude, did you see the the, the Twitter post that had the difference between Excalibur running off matches and yes. Kevin Kelly running yes. off matches? That was the biggest difference for me, is that he didn't need to talk a mile a minute. He told everybody to matches what on it was, without yeah. losing his breath. Very true, but Excalibur was a brave choice for yes. Dynamite at the time. I mean, I, I go to PWG shows. I, I listened to his commentary on, on the DVDs and stuff. He was the guy to bring in because nobody else could call the moves like that. And that was perfect. That You know, Kelly, Kelly's solid. I like him a lot. I like him on New Japan. He, he's great. I'm, I'm glad it wasn't Ian Riccoboni, who I don't mind, but it was just like, okay, let's get somebody new in there. But, but it's like, I, I, I kind of wanted a fresh voice here. I, I thought maybe this would be an opportunity to bring Golden Boy back possibly too um you know someone who's a he little younger he was good when in 2019 i wanted veda scott honestly veda scott would be great too i mean as, as maybe even as a third person in the booth if you wanted to add yeah. her because I'd, I'd certainly take her over jr who while he was one of my favorite commentaries commentary people back in the day uh he he's he's just lost his fastball Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's sad. It's sad to, to hear Jr. just not be the guy that we all we, grew up yeah. loving and enjoying. Uh, Miss Chrissy Love, what did you say? What would you say was the biggest differences you saw from Collision? And as far as what was like your highlight, low light from the show? One thing I will say is that this was something that you know I do the show over on Sports Keto with Dutch Mantel is, and I didn't notice it until he said it was the the look of a lot of the wrestlers outside of punk they had the bigger guys they didn't have the guys that are going to do more of the high flying athletic mm, match even though there yeah, was a lot of yeah. athleticism with Andrade it, yeah. and Buddy they right. are bigger guys doing the athleticism so they did more of a show that was more akin to a smackdown a raw than than dynamite is i agree um overall solid wrestling show I, I like. I think we all can agree that it was just for everyone. I feel like it was just another wrestle, a night of wrestling to watch, 
or a special night of wrestling. You know how they have like certain things, like certain specials. Oh yeah, we're gonna come on during like the Super Bowl or whatever, like a, like a, a sports special. That's what that show felt like. I I don't feel like it felt like a new show. It just felt like a, a show that we have. Well, we just have these extra two hours that we have to like burn. Let's do it on a Saturday. You understand? Like let's just oh eight o'clock. No sports is on really. Like players are over. Let's go on this time slot. Like let's make people stay home and watch. Have them watch TV instead of going out in the first like week of summer. Okay, great. You know, like that's that's what it felt like. Solid show was good. Um, Stage wise, um, aesthetics. It looked nice. Like, I mean, it just looks like it was a special, like a special set for a special show. Is this what we got to see weekly? Okay, sure, whatever. Um, that's it, and and it felt like it was a CM Punk show and Friends. Yeah, that's yeah, what and it I... felt like. It, it felt like he's the face, and then again, like you, everyone said, what if he goes off? To, which he probably will go off the rails, and you know, he's he's that kid, like just just does not get it. He don't he does not care. So we have to let him like learn the hard way, and 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 I keep feel they feel like we keep giving him chance after chance, Jeff Hardy. And we got to keep doing the same BS. Like, come on. <laughs> I love that comparison to, to Jeff Hardy. We give it a chance after chance. That's uh, that's an interesting comparison. Slightly different, <laughs> but I, 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 I'm in. The, she's in the neighborhood. She's in right. the neighborhood. Two different problems, yes. but still yes. two problem childs. Right or wrong? Different you're, issues. Hey, you're, you are not. You are different not problems, but you are not same incorrect. problem child. We still yeah. gotta go. To, we still. We have two kids are sitting in the principal's office. Two different reasons. <laughs> one cheated on the test. One had a fight. Like, which one do we want to do? That's the best comparison I've ever heard. I think right there. I work in a school, so what? you know that's that's what it like, is. What are you in for? Gone if I. What are you in for? Oh, I stole something off the teacher's desk. That's yeah, what I'm saying. No, no, no. One's, one's like I got I got in a fight with the teacher, and the yeah. other saying, "Oh, I snuck drugs and alcohol." That's what I'm, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ding, 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 ding. That's the one. Sp. That is it. That is the one. We are in high. This is the high school show. Remember, these are the. This is the school. For the rejects, for the you know, for this the is AEW kids. Breakfast Club, as we like to right. call it. Too, yeah. These are the that all have to go to summer school, so we now have to go an extra day of school. <laughs> we go and we have to go on Saturdays now. That, you know? I, I, I'm stealing that by the way. AEW <laughs> Summer School is so fantastic. It is. That's oh, I, you can do it. Just 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 tell them where you got it from. That's I what will. I, ask for. I will. I, I attribute. <laughs> I attribute when I steal my jokes. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I feel like that's what we watched again. I'm not mad that we watched it because I, I enjoyed it. Just that this is what the show gives to me on a, 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 day, a Saturday that I probably may not be home, that I'll probably be home, excuse me, and I'll just watch another night of wrestling. And then when we go against like pay-per-views and whatnot, and I was like, who do we watch? The, the, the benefit that they have uh, with next Saturday is that WWE will be done before 8 o'clock because they're starting at 3 for money yeah. in the bank next week. Oh so, yes, because we're gonna. Oh right. So the okay, rest of the works. rest of the year, the next time that they're really gonna compete with WWE is the SummerSlam, which mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I, let's just call. Depending on what they, right, let's call, come on. they better stack that show like they going against SummerSlam. Like, Listen, it's gonna be. Gotta a bring all place. the heavy heavy hitters. Yes. But um, the, the first show did a great rating. They did 816,000 viewers. For uh, Saturday, that's great. A point, a point three three in the key demo. 
and and I and I think Jeff made a great point, and you you kind of echoed it, Chrissy, is the factor of what happens when or if or when <laughs> CM Punk CM Punk causes some because yeah. we are already here to tomorrow night. He's going to be in the same building as the elite. How does he deal with that? Maybe the How, elite does not come are you, tomorrow. Are you going to have yeah. CM Punk in the post-show press conference? How does that all work out? Do you see some type of like plan B or break glass in case of emergency thing that they can still hook people into the show, Jeff, if and when Punk has his issues? Um. Well, let me let me back off a little bit on the punk has his issues type of thing just for a moment. But but tomorrow night will go off swimmingly because punk's not going to be in that post game press conference at all. They are going to be sequestered on different ends of the building and driven by golf cart somewhere, probably. Um, I think punk becomes an authority figure if he gets injured, for example, um, if he's mm. gone. You could pi- I mean, you still have time to pivot. I mean, it's early, but I mean, you pivot to the Starks, Hobbs swerve you got a lot of guys on there who are good eat uh andrade is yeah mm-hmm. andrade is fantastic um yeah i mean you you have guys there the, the thing is what they don't have that punk has is that uh and I, I say this a lot it's been almost rote when i'm on shows you make money with your mouth in professional wrestling and you don't have the talker that punk is starks is close when he's a heel yeah, Starks as a babyface does nothing for me on, on the mic as a babyface mm-hmm. just yet because he's kind of lost his swagger a little bit. Mm-hmm. But but the thing that's going to grow this show on Saturdays is people talking, I think, because once you get into college football season, they're going to get hammered in terms of the real sports fans type of a thing. Um, <laughs> it's one of those things also where they may not have a plan B. And it's like, well, look, this is this is we're dancing with the one that brought us and we're going to go with punk. Even if he's causing trouble, even if people are angry, you never know. People, I mean, right now the the elites in contract negotiations, they could decide, hey, let's see what the other side has for us, mm. and then it's not an issue any longer. I think it's more injury that might be an issue with Punk than say troublemaking, because I I do think there's a there's a huge part of him that wants to do right by the younger generation of wrestler. The problem is he does the right thing in the wrong ways a lot of times. Yeah. That is that is pretty much. I I know that Punk is for the the best in professional wrestling. It's just sometimes he can he can have his issues with different people or different things how the company handles itself. So that's why I asked that that question. But there's a lot to unwrap from the Collision debut in regards to CM Punk and his promo. Uh, of course, regarding that Punk return and promo, Fightful Select reported that the Bucks took it in a light-hearted manner the counterfeit bucks line and everything is okay there people backstage took note of punk removing the aew microphone flag and pointed out how it was almost the exact same thing he'd done during a wwe angle i think before the uh box your your arms are too short to box with god promo against the rock i think he did that same thing uh people backstage also made note of punk saying that w a wbd executive called him one bill Phil and the internal speculation <laughs> was that this is in reference to the rumors of a potential deal between WBD and AEW in the lead up to Collision's announcement. 
that were would be worth nearly one billion dollars. People on both sides of the situation said that Punk was uh, just getting out what he needed to, and there were others who felt Punk was being hypocritical in making comments about the elite being soft after his uh, being upset about everything that went down during the Hangman Adam Page feud during the ESPN interview. It was noted that while an NDA is in place between Punk, the Young Bucks, and Kenny Omega, there is not one between Page and Punk. And finally, Punk was reportedly checked out by trainers as a precaution, but was fine. On the regards to the to the Young Bucks response in their Twitter in their Twitter bio, they made their response to the CM Punk promo, responding that uh, if it were 2018, we'd already have a counterfeit Bucks shirt available on PWTs. Kill it, y'all! So it's saying that they took it in that lighthearted uh, fashion that they did. But then the Wrestling <sighs> Observer newsletter notes that the promo added to the internal divisiveness in AEW. And more than that, while some reported that his line about the Bucks was known ahead of time by both sides, that was very much not the case. It was noted that no angle between Punk and the Elite was planned at the time of the promo. And in a post on Twitter, Dax Harwood responded to the divisiveness uh, rumor and report, saying that I can't thank everyone in AEW enough for how well they treated his daughter Finley uh, this week at Dynamite. You all made her feel so special if there is quote-unquote divisiveness that a certain person is reporting i didn't see it at all check the collision locker room too this is a family so we there's a lot more of Meltzer's reports that aew stars like dax harwood and cm punk were uh you know responded to this past week but what do you think about the divisiveness and what do you think about punk's promo did you think that it would add to that kind of divide within the AEW locker room? Or do you think that everybody should kind of just take it on the chin and keep moving, Chrissy Love? No, he wanted to be a messy hoe. That's what he does best. These are all these are we all did. catty these are all catty bitches and like we we get we get this was all gonna happen. Like come on guys, we I spoke okay, so Je- I spoke at this last week, right? And I compared them to the Housewives. It's just like watching yeah. one of my favorite reality shows of um Housewives of say like uh New Jersey. No, I said reality TV does pro wrestling better than pro wrestling, please. That's continue. what I'm I'm just, yeah. I'm just I'm I mean, listen, he went out there, he was gonna he wanted to just take the stuff down and messy hoe. That was one. <laughs> then you go and compare yourself and do all these other things, and then you want to talk about the buck like you're the guy messy hoe number twos like come on it's just we could just go on and on and on he knew what he was doing and then it got us talking about it he likes he likes to be messy a messy hoe that's just the drama he's the drama he brings the drama that's why he's at the principal's office friends come on i i need a cm punk messy hoe t-shirt like (laughs) oh my god yes see please Okay, whoever, if they make one, let them know where they got it from. I just, I don't, that's all the recognition I need. And just send me a t-shirt. That's it. You can Send her the t-shirt. You heard it here from CM Punk, Messy Ho. Well, uh, we got- oh, like, I'm a Messy Ho. That's it. Like, you know, just say CM got- Punk will have a face, have his face, Messy Ho. 
Beautiful. <laughs> what do you think about the <laughs> divisiveness within the AEW what? locker room with Punk's return, Jeff? And what do you think is see? Do you think CM Punk is worth it all since the number was a huge number for Collision? Uh, first, yes, um, he is. Worth <laughs> it. Um, no, right. seriously, uh, well, Chrissy stole my messy hoe point, so I gotta go. Sorry, with, uh, no, it's quite all right. <laughs> so good. Uh, I am, I am, I'm a little, uh, look, I, I, I grew up in, in a time where guys would settle things with fist fights in the back. And even though Punk says that he wants to do that, being a former he really UFC doesn't. fighter, he's, he's a coward. Yep, you need yep. a, you need a Meng back there to just mm-hmm, beat the crap mm-hmm. out of somebody, to mm-hmm. be honest with you and say, look, we're all making lots of money here and more money than we were ever making before in our life. Let's be grateful. Uh, so I think people should take it on the chin a little bit here. Um, I think, I think a lot of this there's a good chance that this is a work in terms of, look, I know that there are hard feelings, but you can't put this stuff on TV and it not be a program. Eventually. I'm sorry. If you put it on TV, it's the reality of the false reality that we're building here. That's, that's just a general rule. Now I think the heat really isn't amongst the bucks and Kenny and punk, although there was that fight and I'm sure, you know, I'm sure there are a little bit of harsh feelings there. The, The real unresolved anger here is punk and page. And this is where, again, I become a little contrarian to a lot of people. I think Paige is really the brunt of a lot of this. Um, And I think Punk walked into a situation where the well was already poisoned because of the whole Colt Cabana thing. And he, he, you know, and once you get into that situation and you're kind of a little bit on your toes, having been a part of like improv theaters and stuff like that, this kind of backbiting happens all the time in theater politics. It, it, it is what it is. But you're on your toes as well. And then you become a little bit bitter that the good things you're doing are being overshadowed by this reputation you had and you lash out as Punk did. So I'm a little bit more understanding of Punk's position here, not clearing him, saying he did things in the wrong, in the, uh, the right things in the wrong way of call, Look, you don't call people out publicly. And Tony Khan need to be a much more firmer hand in management and smack yes. this down yes. and get Paige in there and get Punk in there and go, you two apologize to one another right away. But like this should have been a, 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 a mediation or something by yes. now. Like, why have we not had a sit down? Bring, Con- bring just the two of them, no one else, because we don't need any of the parties and someone to be a mediator. And that's it. Khan is a people pleaser in some ways. And he doesn't want to anger anybody. So he thought he could make both people happy. Here. He's the parent that wants to be the friend. Yes. Oh, yes. That's that's something I've used before too, Chris. That is that is per- <laughs> yes. He wants to be your but the boss who wants to be your buddy and go out with you yeah. for drinks. No, you're my boss. You know, you might I, have to I, fire me someday. I don't label want to be me your the friend. best boss in the world. Yes. Guess what? I'm your friend. No, we're a family here. No, we're not. We're, this is where I do my job and I leave <laughs> and I go back to my family. This, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a mercenary here. I'm here to get paid and I have no emotional connection to my work. And I think there's a lot of people who have an emotional connection <laughs> to their work right now. And I think, you know, as long as they're on separate pages, great. But this is going to continue and you can tell because in, in that interview with Mark Ramondi, Punk says, oh, this is all over and done with. But I'm going to get my digs in on page a little bit more, a little bit more. So it's not over and done with. When we talked about the interview last week, not to interrupt you, Jeff, but I kept saying that I I noticed the theme that every time he said something, it was but and then but. 
And then, but, you know what this is? Take responsibility for his actions. That's the damn problem. The, the, no, this, this is, is he holds grudges. The, yeah, yeah, this, this, is, this is Candy and Django Unchained going. Well, that's over with. I insist you shake my hand now. Right, right. It, it's that right. little. It's that little thing. Oh, I just want to prove to you that I won this type of yes. thing, as opposed to laying by God's big eyeballs. And, and eventually, Paige is probably gonna pull out a revolver and do like he right. He, 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 you know? he has to have the last word in the argument. Like, all right, it's over. Well, by the way, it's not over because I still won anyway. Like shit, yeah. like that. Yeah, it's over. But you know, I was right. And right. Oh God, what? <laughs> what are you doing? You know, and then everybody in the room just rolls their eyes at this. Yeah, it's like, like say you're sorry. I'm it. sorry. Yes, I'm sorry. You're so sensitive Stupid, about this. Yeah, stuff. Right. I'm, sorry like, such, <laughs> I'm sorry. You're such a bitch. Like, what the the yes. are you doing? You moron. We're all making so much money right now and you're ruining this, you know, that kind of thing. He's listening, but he's not listening. That's the thing. He's waiting to talk. Yeah. Because yeah. you need someone in the middle because you have right, these right. two that are on totally different sides where punk is just like, oh, no, I got to get the last word. And yep. the elite are kind of in this passive aggressive, more the young bucks are in this and, and Hangman Adam Page are more in this passive aggressive of, oh, I don't have to work with them. It, it doesn't matter to me. It's over. Yeah, you need go, someone yeah, in the middle that's yeah. like, let's address this and then we can go, all get on the side yeah. that the elite is on. And it has yep. to be somebody who can legit kick either of their asses. It can't be. It can't be a yep. pencil pusher. It can't be someone you know, someone who's a bookkeeper. It's gonna be. So, hey, look, you guys, you guys, settle this now. Or I'm punching gotcha. you both in yep. the face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we need Samoa Joe and John Moxley to be the mediators of this, not the FTR. Uh, not FTR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. FTR, because you know FTR is kind of one sided. So yeah, you got to kind of like have someone that's like a middle person, like. That's like cool. And, with and then everyone. I take all wrestlers off of Twitter. It's <laughs> just like, stop Every, it. Stop crying everyone, to Twitter all the time. Delete their Twitter and do it like WWE. Have the, the front office control their Twitter. Yes. Well, much. yes. <laughs> more about the CM Punk news, but more about someone else who seems like they don't like CM Punk is Kenta. Because Kenta has apparently gone rogue on the whole idea of Kenta versus Punk. Fightful Select reported that while it was planned at one point, Kenta versus CM Punk is no longer set for AEW New Japan Forbidden Door. It was Kenta that reportedly told both AEW and NJPW that he wasn't facing Punk at the show, and word then went around backstage at Collision last week. Uh, AEW is now trying to deter uh, was. Ter- uh, earlier in the week determining who punk would face at the event which we found out it was satoshi kojima in the owen hart cup and uh, there were other options at play when kenta tweeted that the match was never going to happen that was in response to the match getting called off and it's been indicated that kenta himself vetoed the match after aew and njpw wanted to book the bout it was also a uh, reported by Russell Pierce that uh, the apparent plans was Kenta was scheduled to attack Punk after the six-man tag team main event on Collision and both plans were scrapped at the last minute and Tony Khan was asked about the match and if it might happen, he instead tried to talk more about the Kojima Punk match that was already scheduled as he said, as for anybody else that was allegedly going to be involved or allegedly rumored, I can't really comment to that. This is a great 
hard-hitting match. And this is the match I want to see. I thought it was very fitting that one of the most decorated champions in the history of Japan, Satoshi Kojima, who has been GAC champion, the IWGP heavyweight champion, and the Triple Crown champion, to have one of the most decorated heavyweights ever in Japan come here and wrestle one of the most decorated heavyweights in America, CM Punk. It's a huge matchup. So, yes. Tony Khan with the usual Tony Khan speak uh, on that one. But yes, we are not getting Kenta versus uh, CM Punk. We are getting CM Punk versus Tatoshi Kojima. Jeff, what do you think about all the drama with Kenta? And was Kenta right in vetoing this matchup? And he wanted the bag and then said, no, I don't want the bag if I have to lose, it sounds like to me. That's how I interpret <laughs> Actually, I'm going a different way here. I think this is smart on his part. Um, but I also don't know how Kenta really feels about Punk and Punk basically taking a lot of his moveset. Um, <laughs> uh, this is smart on his part because he'd be the third or fourth match down on the card from the main event. I think I think this can be either a main event for a dynamite or collision. This could be a this could be a co-main event for a pay-per-view if they wanted it to be. You could use this and doing this like a week before Forbidden Door and just saying, "Oh, look, it's a match." When they're when they work the internet so well, the two of them, um, where you could really make this into like. I know they didn't do it on TV, but that first FTR Briscoe's match, which was completely built on Twitter for the most part yeah. and really got you into it. You could do that on TV with Kenta and punk and build it for four good weeks here and then really make it something. I think this is actually good business on his part. Now, do I think the match will ever happen? I don't know. Yeah. I don't have any inside information on either of these guys mindset about the other guy, but I think, Oh, you're going to be, in a first round Owen Hart tournament match where we're doing 12 tournaments in AEW, you know, maybe you're the third match on the card, but the co-main events are Omega and Osprey and Danielson and Okada. And then you have a couple other matches in there with bigger stars and stuff like that. I can see, you know, Hey, let's not play second banana here. Let's really build this thing and make it a main event somewhere else. That is fair. I I've just been on this uh, agenda people have been saying that Kenta versus Punk is not going to be as good as people think it's going to be. No. That, it, that's, uh, my, that's my whole it's, thing. So this I'm ain't, perfectly fine with this. No, guy. this is not 2006 any longer. Um, yes. Uh, exactly. It, it would be exactly. it'd be two old guys doing an old guy match, but trying to do the match that they would do when they're 27. And, and it would not be that. <laughs> And it would and it would fall apart, I think, too. I, I, I am of that opinion. Um but as a TV main event, man, and if you could draw a rating, I think I think it's much better there than than lost on this forbidden door card, to be honest with you. I, I agree with you that as a TV main event, I would be I more put Chrissy into to sleep. it. No <laughs> giant ass yawn. <laughs> She didn't even mute herself. She went. She went. She went. Go so, to sleep. Damn, on I'm so, oh wow! You were, oh wow! I am That's so a sorry. Shoot, brother. Damn. What is that? I am so mad. Shooting oh, on you. She's like, she no, that's what she thinks about a Kenta CM Punk match. She's she like, did this, and then she went. It's, she's it's, like, uh, go to sleep. So Kenta's the one that said, "No, I don't want to do it anymore." Like he saw all the red flags that CM Punk was. 
and was like, you know what? This is okay. <laughs> like he's this like is, so this is this is like a shoot interview by Chrissy Love on TF Punk. This whole episode has been that so far. You called him a hoe, which was very weird to me. I just... <laughs> Messy hoe. Messy okay. Hoe, Listen, oh, he's so so CM Punk is the hoe, and then Kenta was like, you know what? She's not wife material, so I can't <laughs> wife her up. So you know what? I'm just gonna be like, let's cut our losses, and I'm not gonna go out on that second date anymore. You know, she he's I'm curving you. That's what he got. He curved CM Punk. That's what he did. Yeah, pretty much. In a nutshell, pretty much. you know. Yes, we got uh, Frantic World who says it's Kenta who messed up, not TK or Punk. Yes. But also, honestly, I wasn't really excited to see the match anyway. So I was like, whatever. I have, there's so much other stuff. Like, you don't need to see a Punk on the card. It's it's okay. Like, you can have him come out and do a promo and then leave, but we don't need him, like, on the card to do a wrestling. You know what that is? That is that is ROH message board Tony (laughs) wanting that match from, like, his Ring of Honor days and going, oh, that's the match I want right there. Not realizing it's 2023 Kenta and 2023 Punk. Right, yeah, right. Like, yeah, this... But but people have to realize that CM Punk in 2023, you know, he's not CM Punk of 2016. But he is still, he's he's like Clay Thompson of yes. 2023 in comparison to, to Clay <laughs> Thompson of 2017. He can have a great night. He can have a great match. Kenta, though, in 2023... <laughs> Compared to Kenta of 2006, it's like Chris Haslam? Paul. It's like, no, it's like Chris <laughs> oh, Paul no. in 2011 compared to Chris Paul in 2023. Like, yeah. there's a reason that man got traded twice in one week. And there's a reason why Kenta's Wait, been feuding with Hikaleo. Sidebar, <laughs> hold on. Chris Paul was traded twice in one day? Yeah. Twice in one week. One week, yeah. So wait, so he's not, he's going, wait, who, Golden State? He got, he got traded from Phoenix to Washington, from Washington to Golden State. In one oh, wow. Yes. Damn, that's really, that's that really says a lot about somebody. He's like, locker really room got, leadership. He's not much of a player at this point. Right, of. like, yeah, he's not like, oh, damn. Happens to the best Paul. of like Chris Paul, CP, this is your life, son. Like this is what it's come down to. It, it's the veteran like who never him. got a ring, so we're gonna add him for this run. But he's gonna right. be like the eleventh or twelfth man on the bench. Happens. It's like it that. It's like it, I really feel like they're really trying. Like they're trying to give him a team so he can get a, a ring, but he doesn't really have to do much work. Right. But still, nevertheless, they fail at it. He's so new Carmelo he gets, Anthony. Like he's cursed. <laughs> like he goes to. Oh, damn. Now, you know it's kind of right. like that, though. It is it's like that. He's, he's right. Problem, yeah, he never got. He never got. Yeah, I mean, great, good player. But let's be yeah. honest. Like he wasn't like ring material player. Yeah. Uh, but some other news from Collision before we get into Dynamite. Uh, Kevin Kelly, like we said, was on commentary debuting for Collision, uh, now working alongside uh, Nigel McGuinness. But according to the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter, he will still continue to work for NJPW. In fact, it's because of his New Japan commitment that he will miss a month of Collision as he will be in Japan for the G1 Climax Tournament. He is mm. also scheduled to be in Japan in 
October for King of Pro Wrestling. So he will uh, likely miss Collision then as well. However, he will do his other work remotely, including events in September and the year-end tag team tournament. Kelly is the second NJPW announcer also working for Tony Khan as Ian Rickabody calls both Ring of Honor and New Japan Strong events. Speaking of uh, Ring of Honor, you know, classics, Chris Hero was backstage at Collision. He was apparently uh, getting a trial basis with AEW working backstage and producing matches for the ROH taping, according to PW Insider. He was on headset for several matches, including the main event. Hero will reportedly be working for the next few weeks, but is not officially part of the company yet. The site notes that Pat Buck and Sanjay Dutt worked the taping as well as coaches and producers, and that Jeff Jarrett was handling backstage duties before the show, and Kevin Matthews helped out with logistics, including making sure that talent were where they needed to be before and during the show. And finally, AEW, uh, we've been hearing all about the soft brand split between Collision and Dynamite, but according to a new report from Fightful Select, the plans have softened leading up to Collision's debut. According to the report, preparations and details were sent out in the company indicating the roster split with special exemptions to be made, particularly for champions. Some people on the roster were then told it would be a soft split before plans changed up and they were told that there would be some natural sharing between the shows. According to sources at Warner Brothers' They preferred no split, but had said anything would work in the right situation. This was a uh, there was a trademark filed in late May for the term transfer portal, which was intended to be in relation to the split, but that has been shelved for the time being. And the internal reactions at the time were mixed, with several roster members unhappy about potentially missing out on signings and independent bookings, while others were happy that the move would be an attempt to minimize the drama backstage. Age. Uh, so quickly before we get into Dynamite, Jeff, yes or no to a split of the roster in AEW? Overall, I would because I think they're I think they're trying to do that thing that Raw and SmackDown always said they were going to do, and that you're going to have two rosters and you're going to have fan bases for each individual show. And I think that's one of the reasons Punk is headlining this other show as well, is to kind of get okay. Here are the elite guys. Here are the Punk FDR guys, and uh, and then pay per views will be very very interesting. But also, look, if they don't have a say in the matter, I think this could just make things worse. I mean, there are people who want to be at home on weekends for their kids and things like that nature. So you put those guys on Wednesday. And I understand the people who want independent bookings because that's still a big part of your income if you're not fully signed to AEW Elite or, or, or All Elite or whatever. Um, this is one where you have to stick your finger in the wind and you can't say a hard yes because... You have to ask everybody, hey, what's your preference? Because otherwise, otherwise you're going to be going to work and there's going to be grumbling. And you don't want <laughs> grumbling at work. You don't want those people in the uh, in the cubicle. Eh, I hate working here. Uh, I wish I was over on Wednesday. It's like, uh, here we go again. Oh, yeah. God. Another, mo another Monday. The hell am I? I could, I could be working in an office doing this stuff. I don't. <laughs> instead, I'm coming in. Instead I'm coming into wrestling. And I freaking hate my life. What am I doing? You know, you don't want that going yeah. on. But I mean, overall, I, I am for having the split brands. But the problem is, if you keep doing crossover, 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 people are just going to go, ah, this doesn't mean anything. 
So that it doesn't mean it. I mean, and it would help if you had an attitude on one show versus an attitude right, on another right, show. And then yeah. you could easily do the roster. These guys are kind of like this. These guys are kind of like this. Um, yeah. hot, transfer hot, portals. Hot. like, But I love the idea of having a transfer portal and having trades. and ha- like, I don't want authority figures, per se. But I would like two separate brands just to get the, the guys who aren't working and sitting around. That, like, Emmy Sakura needs to be on TV a lot more. In my opinion, I agree. I'd love Athena to get bumped up to a to an AEW slot out of Ring of Honor because she's having the run of her life right now as Ring of Honor Women's Champ. Um, getting some of these people who are only on cable or who are only on the dark shows more exposure, a few more opportunities to take chances and cut backstage pre-tape promos, mm. things like that, and and really use the space that you have to not only feature your stars but to actually train your younger stars to be major television talents. And that is what dark and dark elevation never did. It just put them on and had them do matches. <laughs> this is true. This is all, all very true. And yeah, there's, there's, there's positives and negatives with the roster split. I'm just glad they didn't do a whole damn draft to then spit in the face of it, which we'll talk about later. Um, <laughs> Let's go on going to AEW Dynamite this past week. Uh, the show kicked off with the guns getting a victory over the Hardys, uh, followed by them. Uh, uh, thanks to help from Jay White and Juice Robinson of Bullet Club Gold. They then laid out Jeff Hardy. We're about to lay out Matt Hardy when FTR, Ricky Starks, and then finally CM Punk made the save to set up an eight-man tag for tonight's collision. You also had Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Minoru Suzuki get a trios victory in a fun matchup against Action Andretti, Darius Martin, and A.R. Fox. After the matchup, Chris Jericho coined them the Lasuki gods, the Suzuki gods, uh, <laughs> challenging Sting and Darby Allen to a six-man tag team matchup at Forbidden Door. Sting and Darby accepted and then let them know they would let uh, – Jericho know their tag team partner on tonight's collision. You also had a very good tag team matchup with AEW international champion Orange Cassidy teaming up with ROH pure champion Katsushiri Shibata accidentally hitting him with an orange punch leading to Daniel Garcia and Zack Sabre Jr. getting the victory over them to set up a four-way for the international championship at Forbidden Door. Adam Cole and MJF had a very good promo exchange after their 30-minute time limit draw the previous week where Tony Schiavone let them know they will be tag team partners in the Blind Eliminator Tournament, which is basically Lethal Lottery Battle Bowl. And then Tadahashi once again made his challenge for Forbidden Door where Adam Cole goaded MJF into accepting the challenge and then said, good luck, partner. We had Chris Statlander getting a victory over Taya Valkyrie to return the TVS championship John Moxley and the Blackpool Combat Club challenged the elite to a five on five matchup at Forbidden Door with Kanosuke Takeshna and Shoto Amino joining up with BCC the elite accepted the challenge and let them know that Eddie Kingston would be their fourth along with Hangman Adam Page and the Young Bucks and Eddie <laughs> Kingston chose the final member of the team after a very heated exchange with John Moxley his former best friend introducing Tomoril Ishii as the final member of Team Elite before uh, Brian Danielson and the rest of Blackpool Combat Club jumped Kingston as well as Tomoril Ishii before Kazuka Okada came out to 
to confront Brian Danielson to an electric pop from mm-hmm. that Chicago crowd and then laid out Wheelie Yuta to end the show. All in all, I thought it was a strong go-home episode of Forbidden Door. What did you think about this week's Dynamite, Miss Chrissy Love? Um, really, really good. Um, didn't have all the problem childs being, you know, at the show, which was great, you know. Hunk was there. He was the, the problem I mean, child. Was there. <laughs> he tried. I mean, he came for a little while. He came, like, towards, like, the other side, the, the end of the thing. But other than that, I think it was a really solid show to, like, get us more excited for tomorrow night. I feel like they, they exceeded. It was like, okay, we're going to do these things, but not like to a, like a big notch. And to have Okada come out was like, wow. And he had like a, like they were on fire. Like they were like, oh my God, shit. Like this is real. Like, wow. So overall solid, solid show, go home show for what's ha- going to happen for tomorrow. I'm excited. Yeah. For all those people that's like, oh, we want a video package. We don't know Okada. Listen to the crowd every time this the coin drops. Like that crowd, that crowd pops like it's like it's Austin's glass breaking every yeah. time the coin drops. It's ridiculous. Anytime mm-hmm. he's on AEW television. Uh, what did you think about Dynamite? What did you think was the highlight low light from the show, Jeff? I'm that guy. I love the video packages just to get people into it. I know that mm-hmm. most yeah, everybody yeah, knows yeah. New Japan and stuff like that, but I, w- I will say this. Um, I- I've often said that Tony has great ingredients, but he can't cook. A lot of times. Mm-hmm. And in, in terms of that is he, he yeah. puts these matches together, which are great, but he can't do builds very well. I think this build, the Forbidden Door, has been one of the better ones that they've had in AEW history. Um, it yeah. really has addressed a lot of the issues, especially from last year, mm-hmm. where it's just, oh, look, that's Tanahashi on a ramp. Great. <laughs> um, no, uh, a, a couple of things that uh, BCC is their horsemen yes. and they, and they yes. need to build around that. They are such a great heel stable. And I yes. love, yes. I love Takeshita kind of looking like, uh, kind of look like Don Callis from the Cyrus days <laughs> slash, uh, <laughs> you know, really, you know, the black turtleneck, black trench coat, dug that. Um, before I get to the other point, uh, one match you missed that I adored. I loved Jeff Jarrett versus Mark Briscoe. It was so unrepentantly, <laughs> it was so unrepentantly stupid. Stupid, yes. But yes, I like it right. wrestling occasionally, just as like a palate cleanser. I like my stupid. I love both these guys. I love that they're giving Mark Briscoe yes, just lighthearted yeah. stuff and yeah, time yeah. And, and involvement and getting paid. And I'm also going to say this, and this is where I'm going to divert from all, all, some people. I think Orange Cassidy is the guy to chase MJF. I like Ooh. Adam Cole a lot. I like that. But, and I never thought I'd say this about a guy with an ironic gimmick in some ways, but that dude brings it every week. He's in a yes. match. And he did what Darby Allen did. Like every week he had that, the, the, what, the, um, the other belt, he was just like performing his ass off every week. He doesn't need to win the belt, but he is the guy he's to chase. Like- and, and this crowd would eat that up. Because this crowd loves Orange Cassidy. It, it does. And I, I love his new shirt, by the way. That's one of the better pieces of wrestling merchandise that has been put out there in a long, long time. The caricature of Orange on an orange shirt. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> it is fantastic. Um, yeah, but I I mean, look, they did a great job building this Forbidden Door. Um, I'm also kind of interested to see if they actually go through with putting the guns into the Bullet Club. I, I want it. I, I want. I'm like, here for it. it. I think like, it's, it's perfect. I think it they're is. perfect little like. It's, it'd be great to like have them as like. This is like their internship. Like they're the, like you know. Yeah. Jay White and Juice is like their mentors. Like they like you know we're gonna teach you the ropes, guys. Like 
Like that promo they did afterwards was amazing. I love that. But well, the been, promo but they been... did on social media, yes, yes. Chef's Kiss, yes. Juice Robinson yes. is my favorite over the top heel. He, yes, he it's is. like the perfect like, matchup. He's such a great he's like, goon. Yes, he's a goon. Yes, I love I love everything about it. <laughs> um, oh my god! But the thing that they've teased this now for two weeks and haven't pulled the trigger on it makes me think there's a swerve coming somewhere in here. I, I think like maybe even Punk joins this Bullet Club Ooh. in some ways. Um, you think? Do you think that, that really? I I, I, I mean, when he comes out and says "No more, Mister Nice Guy," it's mm. it, it it's le- the endings and scripts are always established in the beginning, right? And yeah. for Punk to be the bad guy all along just rings to me like it's gonna happen somewhere along this way okay. just just to get in there. But no, I, I this show was was solid, solid stuff. I mean. For, for for there being too much wrestling, both companies have really good stuff within it. It, it really mm. does. It really and look, if, if, I mean, I am a guy who looks at Forbidden Door as one of these one-shot comic book type deals. That's exactly how I described it. If you can't get up for Danielson Okada, what are you doing? I mean, right. <laughs> dude. That's that's my jam. That's, that's one of my that's two of my favorite. That, and I'm not time. I'm not work rate guy. I'm I want promos and heat guy. And there's not that much of that in this. Mm-hmm. But I'm here for this Danielson Okada match. I mean, right? That, that you don't need. I don't awesome. think you need it. You just yeah. just want. You just want to see it. That's it. It's one of those that doesn't need the build. Uh, we got here Negro Buck with a super chat donation. Thank you so much, brother. Appreciate that. Saying so much glee on Okada's face at the at the thought of getting to beat up another kid. R.I.P. <laughs> yes, yes. He was like, uh, he, did, did, did this little boy just touch me? Don't he know I hate kids? And just and just wiped him out with the rain. Them kids, yeah. Them kids, Okada, the best all time. Um. But if you saw the elite on the show and you were confused, and when we said that uh, Forbidden Door is the first time Punk and the elite are going to be on the same show, it's because the elite segment on Dynamite was a pre-tape from the previous oh. week. On Sunday, Fightful Select reported that there was word that Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, along with Hangman Adam Page, were not in Chicago for last Saturday night's AEW collision and were not going to be for Dynamite on Wednesday. Instead, CM Punk may be showing up, which he did, and they were reportedly pre-taped, done with the Elite to progress their angles, but there were good odds they weren't going to be at Wintrust Arena for the show, Uh, and speak Speaking on that with CM Punk on the show, though, there was some controversy coming out of that. As uh, despite Punk only one week into his AEW return, there were serious doubts behind the scenes about whether the company's current approach of keeping Punk and the Elite apart is sustainable long term. And in this week's Wrestling Observer newsletter, Dave Meltzer revealed that a quote unquote top name in AEW walked away from Dynamite in a bad mood at about the entire situation. Situation. Meltzer wrote, but one top name noted to us they went home after the show on Wednesday in a bad mood, and even with the key people kept apart, not on the same shows, described the fear of this being a ticking time bomb that will not have a happy ending. In response to this report, Dax Harwood was <laughs> at it again, uh, took to Twitter on Friday, and he wrote, this one will get me some heat, but fuck it. 
it needs to be said. Whatever quote-unquote top star left the show in a bad mood because a certain individual was there, instead of running to Dave, why not just tell the individual face-to-face? That's how we used to do things back in the day, which Dave Meltzer responded with, how did that work out last time? So Also, CM Punk also uh, responded in response to this to, of course, his Instagram story and simply posted a photo of himself by, by alone with Rance's Time Bomb song playing in the background. But boy, oh boy, already week one. Here we go. Jeff, what do you think about the uh, the quote unquote top name being upset about Punk's presence at Dynamite? I like I know who this is, so I, but I can't Ooh. say it. Um, Damn. Yeah, I know. Sorry. <laughs> um, Come on, man. Damn. Uh, you know, I, I look at Dax's tweet, and I know he's in his feels a lot on Twitter, and I get that. But I also, if you've ever watched the old Rodney Dangerfield uh, movie, Back to School, my, one of my favorite references is Sam Kinison playing the professor, the very angry history professor. Is she right? <laughs> I think Dax is kind of right here. And I think the, the unnamed talent is kind of right here, Mm. but I think you don't put that out into the universe either. I think you shut up and make money and look, we let that, if you're not involved in the personal feud, which they may or may not be, but, um, (laughs) uh, just make money. This is a job and your, and your window of show business from personal experience can be very, very short and you can make a lot of money or you, or you can be bitter and angry and play the politics of show business. And, and look, I, they kept both guys separate and I'm here for more pre-tapes, by the way, do more pre-tapes so that you can edit it and do a retake if you need to, as opposed to making your guys look dumb. I I am so for that. So, so for, it doesn't have to be live all the time. If you can keep these guys separate. Great. If you can keep if you can keep things going, great. But you don't need to put out that negativity in you. Oh, this is gonna blow up eventually. Eh, this this is gonna eventually suck. This gonna, you know, th- those types of people bring that into existence a lot of times. And I look, I I get that. Oh, you can settle it with us. Well, you know, <laughs> they also the people who who favored the Bucks and Omega in that fight had a point too, where where Punk goes, my door's always open. All mm-hmm. right. Came in right there, and we started a fight. And you know, it, it's, it's, you know, it doesn't always go like, "Oh, we're gonna walk in there, and we're gonna talk this out." No, we're gonna be throwing some chairs and biting people. That's what we're exactly. Be the young bucks came to just talk, and they got yeah. Matt got well, in the face first. Well, I, I also like I. I and that's hence why you needed the mediator because that's that's the. Bit- I made a little fun of the bucks in Omega at the time because the story almost came off like, "Well, we were in a prayer meeting." And then we decided hey. we were going to walk down there and ask Brother Punk, what was the matter here? Hey, yeah. specify specify that it was the Bucks that came in. Because from all from all accounts, Omega, Kenny Omega came in. As, as everything is going on, Omega's like, guys, guys, the dog, the dog. <laughs> and the lawyer's there, too. Going, oh, my God. What have I got myself into? I went to Harvard. What am I doing here in the middle of these dopes? Um yeah, so so don't say your door is always open if your door's not always open. That's, that's pretty much that. I mean, look, you don't have to say that crap on Twitter. Go down to their door, knock on it, and say, hey, saw you had a problem, saw you were grumbling, or 
even like in the middle, you don't call people out in the middle of it, but like, just say, Hey, whoever it was that leaked this to uncle Dave, let's go talk in a little bit. Let's not put it out there in the sheets. Not let's not air our dirty laundry. Yeah. Type of a keep thing. this in house. Don't say anything. Keep to people this outside. in house yeah. and deal with it with each other. Because what this is, yep. this is some messy hoe shit right here. Messy this hoe is, shit. I told you. This is spilling the tea. This is, this is dr- drama that doesn't need to be drama. Definitely. Settle it. If, if you guys are serious about settling it, then settle it. But they love to talk about I'm settling it. Messy hoe. Yeah. You, you, I'm gonna be using that so much. No, like, like it, it's one of those things where it's like, look, I had to use it with the avatar. It's even better. Be a man of your word and settle it. Don't talk about settling it. That's a bitch move. It settle it. Is yeah, yeah. And you keep holding on to it and harboring it and just having this grudge just makes it even more like annoying and bitchy and mes- making you more messy. Yeah. Well, let me let me just be more. Let me just like. Just be mad for a little longer. Like, no, get over it. Drag it out a little bit more. That's what they seem to be doing. Get you some Jesus and forgive people. Come on. <laughs> it's it's like it's like setting a fire when you know you have a ticking time bomb there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and then and then the other guy going, man, this is all gonna go wrong. Man, this is all gonna go wrong. Man, this is all gonna go wrong. It's like, man, you're hitting us with those negative waves. Stop it. Relax, relax. R E L A X. Be Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> well, well, the other news from Dynamite, uh, Tony Khan, of course, addressed uh, some stuff during the a- the AEW NJPW Forbidden Door uh, meet. Uh, pre-press conference uh, media call earlier this week where he talked about CM Punk saying uh, in his infamous all-out 2022 media rant that when he said that he was trying to run a business, David Bissett's fan asked asked Khan about the line and how it led to speculation that Punk had some stake in AEW and Khan uh, clarified that Punk does not have any ownership stake in All Elite Wrestling. He He said that was a colloquialism and I own the business I own the business, but he's one of the top stars here and has an interest in AEW being a strong box office business. His return is helping us and helped launch AEW Collision with a great rating, and he drives interest in our TV shows, pay-per-views, and merchandise. He's a huge star for us. He's definitely interested in the bottom line, being strong, and he wants the company to do well. And then Khan further clarified the question after the media call to David Bitsch's fan when Business Fan put out a tweet saying that for those trying to uh, parse the wording of Tony Khan's answer to my question on the media on the conference call about whether or not CM Punk has an ownership stake in AEW, he sent me a follow-up message making it 100% clear that the answer is no, Punk does not have any ownership in AEW. And then finally, uh, with with uh, other news, which... All of that is, I mean, it's the obvious question with with that and all the punk stuff. But we're done with all the punk stuff for now. For now, until Thank next week. God. Let me come in on Bix's um, story real quick because Bix was also yeah. mad that he let him let Tony a bit off the hook there too. I think Bix was really driving at. Does Punk have any executive pull in the company? Because it was such an easy out to say, does he have any ownership stake in it, and just say no. Because, of course, he doesn't have ownership stake. But I think Bix really wanted to know if he had any executive pull within the company. 
And he didn't get that answer. And Tony was really, really good at sliding out of that one. And Bix on Twitter had a bit of a, ah, damn it. I let him off the hook. But I, <laughs> I'm kind of a thing. I, I don't know if Punk does have executive control, but I think he does have his own territory on Saturdays. And that's another <laughs> Yeah. <one. laughs> yeah. He does. He does have that much, and I think if 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 he had any executive power, Hangman Adam Page would have got suspended last spring. So well, he wouldn't have executive right. power on the Wednesday show, but I think he does have a little bit of pull on that Saturday show. Just call me crazy. Um, <laughs> wouldn't be surprised. But I don't think he's. But I don't think he's an official executive vice president unless it's uh, unless it's under the and under cover that he's been made that. Um, or at least on Tony, Tony has a secret ledger where he goes, yeah, Punk's my vice president of vice president of collision, but I'm not telling anybody that per se. And I, it's not going to be on the door or anything like that. But uh, look, Punk has a lot of pull. Does he have ownership points? No, because the money is where the money is. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. But I'm certain, you know, <laughs> Punk and Jericho have Tony's ear and I'm fairly certain of that. Oh, that, that's for sure. I think there's a lot of people that have toys yeah. here in that company. Um, and then finally, with uh, Jeff Hardy, the attack on him to open up uh, the show, this is apparently was done as a way to write Jeff Hardy off of television mm. Mm. as he won't be able to travel with AEW to Canada. Uh, FIFA Select reports that the attack wrote Jeff off TV due to the fact that he cannot enter Canada due to his past legal issues. AEW is set to tour Canada until the July 19th episode of Dynamite in Boston. The report notes the possibility of, of course, that AEW can always do pre-tapes with Jeff, and PW Insider confirmed that uh, Fightful's report that Jeff Hardy will not be part of the AEW tour of Canada, which begins at the weekend, and this is, of course, due to his previous legal issues preventing him from crossing the border, but... Mm. I mean, not surprised there. We've we seen all of that with the, with the Usos in the past. With you don't want to come anyway. I mean, damn, Chrissy, why are we going no, after Punk and Jeff Hardy on this episode? <laughs> because they don't know how to act. We keep giving these 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 kids chances, and they just want to keep fucking it up. So here's what happens: you can't go on the school trip now, friends. <laughs> like if you if you have a felony conviction, or at least a conviction of some kind in the U.S., Canada is very very strict about that. Yeah, stuff. Yeah, they're like, no, no, thanks. We don't need that riffraff here. Keep that but, shit over there. Um, man, I hope Jeff Hardy's written off for a while. He um, uh, listen. Uh, he's another one. He's another one. He is another one. You keep rewarding foolishness. Well, it's also so I he, think, I think the you, you see this a lot in performing arts as well. It's where the environment is the thing that makes your bad habits come mm -hmm. to life again. Yeah. yeah. And yep. I think it's I think it's like the touring, being with the boys, you know, playing in front of the crowds and getting the adrenaline rush. And then, oh, look, here's here's the painkillers. Here's the booze to help me cope with that or to come down or to party yeah. afterwards. Part, yeah. And well, this helps me perform better because this is, you know, yeah, my knees don't move like they used to do, you know. So but you're also a grown ass man in your 40s and you're not in your 20s. <sighs> And you got a family to think about, and you got responsibility to think about, and you can't be your family. You're embarrassing them. The most out at three brother. in the morning at the bar. <laughs> yeah, my God, I think, I think Jeff I think, was pulling all nighter at that Florida bar before he, somebody rented him a car because he couldn't rent a car. Matt. 
Um, yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, Matt wanted to get back early with Rebby and stuff. Yeah, there, but yeah, I, I I hope that this is a a frequent thing where you know, regardless of his legal issues, they give Matt they give Jeff breaks in between you know his runs. He well, had a few matches. Breaks, but take a break. Prove yourself. Prove that you can handle being yeah. on the road like this. Prove that you can be on a card in Vegas and not getting liquored up before the matches. Um, you know, that kind of thing, which I, I am almost positive happened last year, but it was never proven. He just was, he was off a little bit. Um, you know, th- that kind of thing. I, I, yeah, it's like, look, baby steps. You know, oh, you were on TV for a couple weeks? Great. Now let's see how you handled not being on TV for a while. Let's yeah. see how your body holds up. Let's see how your behavior holds up. And then as you progress, you get more rewards. Yep. I'm exactly. good at that. Just don't put the titles on them. No. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we had last night AEW Rampage. And it was they keep making these Rampage episodes better now that nobody's watching them. Because yeah. we got Collision. It's funny. Uh, the show opened up with uh, United Empire and Swerve Strickland getting the victory over Chaos in a fun eight-man tag team matchup. And for the first time ever... MJF, our AEW world champion, was on the show as he told Adam Cole that he had uh, talked to Tony Khan and got him a match for Forbidden Door, where he will face Tom Lawler at the event. And then Tom Lawler, along with Royce Isaac of Team Filthy, jumped Adam Cole as MJF pretended that he was coming down to make the save and then eventually got to the the ring and said, I almost got them. And uh, good luck, partner, on Sunday. And we also had... (laughs) Sky Blue advance in the Owen Hart Women's Tournament, defeating Anna JAS. You had the Acclaim get a victory over some three jobbers here. And then we had either the best or the worst segment that I've seen on Rampage, where Harley Cameron came down and uh, rapped to try to convince the Acclaim that they can be a group together, a musical group, and said that Anthony Bowens was into her, and Anthony Bowens let her know that I'm gay, which led to a crowd in Chicago saying he's gay in the most positive way possible. This was a a legendary moment in professional wrestling. This would have never happened about 10 years ago. They dragged it. No, they did this because it's Pride Month. They ain't fooling nobody. Would you have done this next month? Hey, they did it. They, they did so it, and the Chicago and the Chicago crowd reacted appropriately. That's all. No, that they did, no, the Chicago crowd did great. I just feel like they're grasping for straws for this. That was stupid. You also had Johnny uh, Johnny uh, Morrison, Johnny TV now, join up with QTV and jump the acclaim, laying them out as uh, the. QTV added a new member here, and now John uh, Hennigan is a part of All Elite Wrestling full-time. And then in the main event, you had NJPW's own Doki become the most popular guy in Chicago as he got the crowd on their feet in his favor in a very good main event matchup to Rampage against Jungle Boy Jack Perry, who won with Sonata Skull and before the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion came down to confront his challenger, for Forbidden Door. Any thoughts, any comments on last night's Rampage? I thought the main event was a must-watch matchup. Doki, he showed out in his uh, in his AEW debut. Chrissy, go or did you? Oh, uh, I didn't know who you wanted to go, <laughs> okay, you. go You can go first. It's fine. Uh, I'm happy Hennigan's getting a payday. He's in my circle of friends, so I like that. Uh, nice. Lawler, uh, also Lawler. name, though? 
No, because all his good names are trademarked. Um, <laughs> so he Got has to it. continually okay. change it. Um, uh, look, I like Lawler. I like, uh, I like, I'm happy for Royce Isaacs, who has just been grinding since the NWA days with Tom Latimer and also as part of the West Coast yes. Wrecking Crew. I think, uh, you know, that's going to be a fun match between Lawler and, and Cole on Forbidden Door. It's, uh, look, Lawler's not going to win it, but it's going to be fun to to watch Cole work with a guy from new Japan strong. I think that's going to be good. Um, yeah. QTV does so little for me and I, but I appreciate the stupidity. I'm glad they're, I hope they get Hobbs away from that and just make them a bunch of knuckleheads. And I'm yes. good with that. Cause I like, I like QT. I just, I hate this gimmick. I, I really do. And you know, look, Harley's going to do the singing. <laughs> I've she heard, did. I heard, she did pull off an Eminem line. She did this, pull off. She did the speed rapping that from from all reports from the live crowd. This thing was getting booed vociferously. Yes, and it's probably edited way down from what it was. So you kind of get concerned about that. Uh, I'm also somewhat amused at uh, was it Tully Blanchard Mogul Affiliates United Elite Incorporate or United Empire <laughs> Incorporated? Uh, Swerve should so just much. have. Swerve should just have an, a complete society of supervillains working yes. for him and him being just the big crime boss of AEW. Cause I'm kind of here for that too. And all his goons just doing whatever. Doing all the work. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Swerve, whenever he smiles, he reminds me of Randall from Monsters Inc. Yeah. He's like an ultimate <laughs> villain. An ultimate or a little bit guy. like, uh, what is it? Uh, Gary Oldman's uh, Drexel Spivey from True Romance, if you remember that character go. at all. Um, I, but they continually put swerve with like everybody. And it's like, it's kind of right, like, that's like a whole disservice for him. Like, I feel like it's just like a little bit, but it's also kind of making him bigger at the same time. Like, he's the guy in charge of all these guys. True. It seems like. So it's like, okay, well, let's just decide on, on his army and go with it and then Don't let him cool. lead the army type of a thing. Um, I didn't. I, I watched clips of this, admittedly, but you know, I mean, they they need to shore up Rampage. I just think it's a lost cause at this point, especially when you have a Saturday night show and you can't yep. expect people to watch all of that wrestling. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So they make it still missable, but there's always some matches that you should watch from mm-hmm. Rampage over the last couple of weeks, at least. And then rapid fire uh, news from that. Speaking about Johnny TV, your boy, uh, de- uh, boy. official debut with okay. AEW. John Hennigan returned to AEW at the Rampage taping, siding with uh, QTV. And PW Insider reports that Hennigan has signed a deal officially with All Elite Wrestling and will be there going forward. He'll be using either Johnny Television or Johnny TV as his ring name. If you if you know AEW, you know it. They have a one in one out kind of uh, kind of precipice. So yeah. with one coming in, one goes out. As Fiego del Sol announced in a in a post on Twitter that his current run in AEW is ending effectively June first. He's also now accepting bookings everywhere. He wrote in the caption of his video, "Thank you AEW. Though this chapter is coming to a close, this is just the beginning for Fiego del Sol, and now accepting bookings any and everywhere." As previously reported, he was recently out with a foot injury. He last wrestled for AEW on January. 28th edition of AEW Dark. Him and Leo Ruffin. Uh, Leon Ruffin lost to the Jericho Appreciation Society's Angelo Parker and Matt Menard in a tag team matchup. And AEW previously announced Fiego Del Sol signing the, with the company back in August 2021. And you have someone leaving 
someone coming in and you have someone returning as uh, Fightful Select reported that Soraya is going to return to AEW expected at any time, although she has not recently been present for any of AEW's taping sessions and it's still unknown on why she's been gone from AEW television, but she is on her way back and that is all for AEW this week. And we got to thank Jeff Hawkins for joining us for all the AEW talk, for, for, for giving us all the information, and, of course, for taking Chrissy Loves. CM Punk is a messy hoe. Uh, he's going he's gonna to be using it on all his platforms that he's on. So yeah. let the people know, Jeff, where they can find you on social media, what you got going on across the board. And thank you so much. You were an excellent guest. Oh, this was fun. Um, yes. I'm, I'm happy for Fuego del Sol. I hope he goes out there and, and gets a lot of bookings and improves because he will have a place in my heart. Because he taught murder grandma Emmy Sakura how to do a moonsault. And that's why Emmy Sakura is now doing a moonsault in her matches and, it, and at the age of 46. And wow. she's awesome at it. I, I, I love that. Um, yeah, no, thank you. This is a lot of fun. Uh, you can follow me again on Twitter at crapgame 13 um, I do a show called Shake Them Ropes on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network every week with one Chris Novembrino. Kind of a lighthearted, a little bit snarky look at uh, all the news and events of professional wrestling the week. And also... On Fight Game Media, patreon.com slash fight game media for five bucks a month. You can get the Dynamite Show, myself and Paul Ace Fontaine. Go and record about 10 minutes after Dynamite. Thorough deconstruction, perhaps too much so, on Dynamite for that week. That usually releases the same night as Dynamite. And then occasionally I'll be on uh, Unfightful with those knuckleheads uh, trying to make bad jokes and arcane references. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Thank you so much, Jeff. This won't be the last time. We had a bunch of fun. No, thank you for so. having me. It was a lot of fun. I'll go listen to the yes. rest of the show while I clean my condo. <laughs> we got you for that. Thank you, Jeff, for joining yeah. us. Have a good one, brother. Pleasure. Enjoy the weekend. Uh, but as as we always do here on the True Hill Heat podcast, you got one in, you cut one out. We're like AEW out in these streets, and we got someone coming in to talk about a little bit of WWE from this past week. He is the good brother that uh, I've been wanting to get on the show for a while here, ever since kind of having my first time on a podcast with him over on the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. You can hear him on 1077 The Bone. He is one of the hosts of the In The Click podcast. It is baby Huey. Thank you so much for joining us. First time on the show, good brother. Thank you for coming. Thank you. How's it going, guys? Thank you so much yeah. for having me. I'm super excited to be here right now. It's good afternoon, I'm guessing. Or where No, good morning. It's it's 9.33 here. I'm in I'm in the, the Bay Area. So, nice, uh, nice. So, yeah, I, I, I got up early. I yes. watched SmackDown this morning because I was out last oh, night. So I never changed. <laughs> so I oh. powered through SmackDown this morning. Huey, Huey, Huey. let's okay. Let, we're gonna we're gonna talk all about it, friend. Um, okay. Bless your heart for anyone that had to endure SmackDown on a Friday of the summer. So sad. And you live in the Bay Area too. You probably had way much more better things to do than waste your time on SmackDown. Yeah. No. It, it's yeah. I, I'm my my free time is very limited. So if I'm able to go out on a Friday night. I'm going to take advantage of it. Right. But, but what I try to do, <laughs> so <laughs> since uh, uh, I, I try to watch the East Coast feed at least, and so okay. that way I could try watching yeah, at five, 5 o'clock 
to yeah. seven and then I can go out. But la yesterday I, I got home late from work. I was doing a bunch of stuff. So I didn't have a chance to watch it live. So this morning I got up and uh, yeah, powered through it and then, you know, got ready to be on with you guys. So yeah, I'm ready to go now. I'm all, I'm all prepared. Got my Cody Rhodes shirt on. I got, I, got, I got my adrenaline going through me right now. <laughs> <laughs> adrenaline in his soul right now. Uh, <laughs> I try my best with the introduction to let everybody know where they can listen to you and find you. But introduce yourself. Let the people know if this is their first time hearing you. Everything that you're doing in media, radio, you're a very multifaceted individual, sir. Yeah, so call me old school. So yeah, I, I'm the assistant program director for 1077 The Bone, the Rock of the Bay, the big rock station here in San Francisco. Uh, yeah, been there for God, what August would be 18 years now. So uh, despite my my young looks, I am an old man. Uh, but but uh, uh, and then for the last uh, few years now, God, SummerSlam would be three. Man, I'm doing them. Yeah, three years. Yeah, doing in the click my wrestling podcast I do with my co-host Brian Tronic. Uh, um, but yeah, uh, uh, in the click, that's where I, that's my outlet to, you know, I got 1077 the bone to talk music and entertainment, all that stuff. But then in the clicks where I could talk about my true love for pro wrestling. So we talk about it all WWE, AEW, anything else that comes up. Um, but for years I've been the go-to person that does all the wrestling interviews for my radio station and very much I've been able to repackage that into my pro wrestling podcast as well. So been very lucky to cover multiple WrestleManias. My first one was uh, Levi Stadium back in 2015 for WrestleMania 31. So uh, that press box to this day was epic when Seth Rollins cashed in. Normally in a press box, you got to be like quiet and be professional and neutral not, I mean, that's for like a Niner game or any pro sports game. That press box for Seth Rollins, when his music hit and he came running down, everyone in the press box was jumping and cheering. To this day, my probably my favorite moment covering pro wrestling. But yeah, I've been very lucky with WWE and even AEW and Impact and anyone else. I've been able to do a lot of interviews for for them and yeah, go, go to other WrestleManias. I was just in LA a couple months ago doing uh, the press junkie down there, doing a bunch of interviews. So if you subscribe to my YouTube channel for In The Click, that's KLIQ, you can see all my interviews from WrestleMania weekend there. So much fun. And uh, yeah, yeah, I love this stuff, man. So yeah, uh, I, I do it all. Radio, podcasting. Uh, I try to be yeah, multi-talented in this world that we, we live in now wow. with so much content out there. Yeah. So you told us what are your favorite live experience? Who was your favorite interview? Let's get that. Mm. Okay. I, okay. So my all-time favorite wrestler is Stone Cold Steve Austin. So I've been very lucky. I got to interview him once. This was years ago. He was promoting um, the the Broken Skull uh, game show. Remember, like the, he was like the host, and he did like those challenges yeah. on the ranch. So he was promoting that. So I got to talk to him, and it was the pay-per-view it was the day after the pay-per-view that was at what Staples Center, uh, uh, Roman versus Braun. I, uh, which pay-per-view was that one? I'm, I'm totally forgetting. But it was cool. Like, we were asking him questions about the pay-per-view to kind of get his, like, immediate reaction. And he kind of gave some answers. But then he's like, what do you think? So I, I to me, like, looking back on now in hindsight, it was like, maybe he didn't watch the pay-per-view, so he tried to spin it back to us. What did you think? But at the same time, me, I was like, Oh my God, he's asking for my opinion about pro wrestling, the GOAT. He's asking. So that was a fun interview for, for that. 
Um, Real talk, Cody Rhodes is an ama- a very fun interview. Uh, <laughs> like, I got Cody once on a, a radio tour. He's promoting Rhodes to the top. And he called in, and they patched him through. And he, he's like, oh, my God, I got to talk to baby Huey again. <laughs> like, it was just, <laughs> I, I have that audio. I mean, I cut it out for the final podcast. and for the, the for yourself. But I, I still have this this, this back and forth dialogue off the, off the air between Cody and I. So I, I, I love Cody. Like uh, going back to to WrestleMania 31 at Levi Stadium, I did Radio Row and I talked to him as Star does, and it's very funny. He does these interviews now talking about like his lowest point in his career. He was like says he was up early doing interviews at Stardust. I was one of those guys that interviewed him that morning. I'm like, oh my! I like to think I was up a, a bright moment for him during that morning but uh so so when he talks about it the stardust and like the low point in his career i was like i was kind of witnessing that in person but a couple years later when he left wwe and he did uh uh like his, his run on the indie scene he came to apw all pro wrestling here in the bay area and i went up to meet him and he's like baby huey like i swear to god he remembered my name i was like Dude, you forever won me in my books. The fact that you were after like all the people you meet in interviews, he remembered me. And, t- and then when New Japan was here at the Cow Palace, like a couple years later, he called me out in the press conference. I mean, I I am forever thankful to Cody Rhodes, just how cool he is, just remembering media people. So much respect for him. So that's always been a fun interview. But I, I have so many now. Like I'm at that point where I have so many to go through. But st- interviewing my favorite wrestler, Stone Cold was great. Cody Rhodes, having that interaction with him throughout the years is always great. But I would say my first wrestling interview by myself was Ric Flair. So I was very nervous. Ooh, <laughs> so yeah, so I, I got so many stories. I know I, I'm rambling here, but yeah, I have so no, you many. Got a, you got a Mount Rushmore right there. <laughs> I, <laughs> I have so many I have so many experiences I can refer to. It's like, it's all in the back of my brain and just like, you know, triggers and remember like, oh yeah, I did this and did that. So there's so much I could tap into, but yeah, those are the ones that immediately jump at me. We got our good brother in the chat, Romeo, who says, can Huey say the following <laughs> sentence? We got a new hit song we are going to play for you here. This is from the West Texas Rednecks. Here is Rap is Crap in your best radio voice. My best radio. Yeah. Oh, I, I should like try to process my voice, make it sound a little better. <laughs> I was like, uh, let's see. We got it. <laughs> Everyone knows me. I got the. G- I get the giggles that. easily. So if, if I'm breaking, I can't recover fast enough. Uh, was like, we got a new hit song. We're gonna play for you. <laughs> Sorry. This is from the West Texas Rednecks. Here is rap is crap. <laughs> Hit it! Oh, that was great. I remember watching that live back in the day. I am a kid of the Attitude Era, so I, I totally remember that watching that live. Yes, their feud with the Nola Miss Soldiers classics. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Boy, well, the night is a great place, man. <laughs> Indeed. Let's get, let's get into uh, WWE SmackDown from last night. Uh, the show featured some more bloodline drama as you had the Usos kick off the show responding to last week's final segment. You also had Solo Sokoa who was on the rampage injuring Rich Holland with the Samoan Stikes backstage leading to a big time main event against Sheamus where he completely destroyed Sheamus causing a no contest to the main event by hitting a running hip attack 
attack through the barricade after Solo attacked the officials and uh, checking on Sheamus. He was it was the Usos that came down to brawl with Solo, hitting him with a barrage of super kicks and the Uso splash to stand tall to end the show. You also had L.A. Knight getting a victory over Rey Mysterio uh, as L.A. Knight prepares for the Money in the Bank contract match. You had Pretty Deadly cheating to win to get a victory over the Street Profits ahead of their undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship matchup next week. You had Charlotte Flair making her return to in-ring action, uh, doing an Andrade pose, trying to show some love to her hubby after the figure eight on collision and getting a victory over <laughs> Lacey Evans before Asuka came in, kicking her right in the face. That was great. And then attacking Charlotte, laying her out and saluting the crowd. And what an outfit that Asuka had on. What an yes, outfit. Yes. And, then, and then you had Chrissy Love's favorites, Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler defeating Alba Fire and Isla Dawn to unify the WWE and NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. Post-match, they called out Raw's Raquel Rodriguez because, yes, Raw's Raquel Rodriguez was once again on SmackDown this week. Uh, who who was at ringside? They called her out for watching the match, and she brought out the returning Liv Morgan. Very happy to see Liv Morgan, who's also a Raw star, uh, coming back and said <laughs> that they are coming for the unified WWE Tag Team Championships. Not the biggest noteworthy show for SmackDown, and we'll talk about why there was a lot of changes to the show. But uh, Huey, what's your initial thoughts, feelings, since you are the one who most recently watched the show <laughs> of SmackDown last night? Literally, yeah, it's super fresh in my head right now. <laughs> um, I, I would say overall, I enjoyed it as far as just building up more of the tension for for next week and seems like they're going all in uh no pun intended in london thank you thank you <laughs> i know it's early but i I'm, I'm a little sharp right now but um <laughs> but uh it seems like the big yeah next weekend's gonna be big i mean not only is money in the bank gonna be on saturday but that friday go home show smackdown is pretty stacked now i mean i guess matches that are pay-per-view level quality matches um they're gonna save it for for smackdown so it looks like i almost feel like this was like a go home as far as setting up all that stuff for next week um i mean the the big thing for me is like just adding more tension or really building up the civil war storyline between the bloodline i mean the usos cut that great promo at the beginning of the show just kind of explaining where they're at mentally right now kind of after leaving the bloodline and, and the reasoning, you know, why, you know, Roman, you know, why they just don't want to be with him anymore. And it's almost like now I, I feel like maybe the long-term story is now maybe trying to get their other brother back, get solo back with them. That, But that's like a long-term story. I bet like to redeem him. I feel like very star Wars esque of like trying to save him from the empire. Uh, but, but, and then, uh, but yeah, as far as, and then, giving solo something to do, you know, uh, the main event match with Sheamus and just adding more, more, uh, uh, getting the, uh, de uh, pretty deadly, some screen time, kind of explains himself, get some more character work out there. Uh, so yeah, I just feel like it's just more setting up for the big show next weekend, which I'm curious, you know, how that's going to do from a rating standpoint, but just adding, uh, you know, the, the, the go home episode leading for money in the bank. So I'm super excited for next weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun kind of pre-4th of July uh, 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 party right there with WWE. 
Yeah, they, they're really building up the show. Two big title matches. And, of course, them once again trolling us because Roman Reigns is returning again. It feels like these Roman Reigns return graphics are literally trolling people. Because yeah. he has had mo- he's had more returns than Edge, which is saying a lot. But it's like, if, we're, if, if you're the champion, why do, why are we returning? Like, okay, yeah, because you're not there. Like, what what is the why do you keep you, saying this every week? Because you're not stupid. there one week. It's a return the following. Oh my week. god! So you should return with your doctor's note then for the next day of school for the next week of school, dummies. <laughs> you miss one day of school. You can't you can't be you returning. Come back. Every no one time. come back without your doctor's note. It's stupid. Like, like. It- they like partying. They will. They like having a, a reason to celebrate something. So that's what it just seems like. Let's like let's make a big deal out of it. Let's let's yeah. we got yeah. Let's have some fun here. But yeah, no, I'm with you. It's kind of like great. It's almost like a reminder. Yeah, that he's not here all the time. So it's just just show up and just say, oh yeah, he's gonna be here next week. But the fact, yeah, they the phrasing of it, it's like oh big returns. Like yeah, thank you for reminding us that he's very much a part time champion at this point. Yeah, just say- just say he will be back. Don't put the always the Roman returns because that's just that's just stupid. It's just stupid at this point. But uh, yes, like I said, there was major changes to last night's SmackDown, and uh, <laughs> we all know who that was because. But yes, WWE uh, SmackDown last night was subject to heavy changes this week before the show began. Fightful Select reports that most of the script was altered before the show, with many pre-promoted matches being changed and. And notable changes to the script as it existed on Friday morning. Among the changes, there was a triple threat that was supposed to have LA Knight versus Santos Escobar versus Butch uh, in a Money in the Bank preview matchup that was changed to LA Knight versus Rey Mysterio. And it was supposed to be Shotzi versus Bailey uh, for Bailey's spot in the Money in the Bank ladder match. And that was changed to Charlotte Flair going up against Lacey Evans. The report confirms tweets by work wrestling account that the talent were frustrated by the changes and much like was the case at the start of raw this week which we'll get into and one talent was quoted as saying quote unquote did smackdown get vinced yes that is a term they are using apparently backstage now smackdown got vinced what do you think about the uh scrap changes the change matches from smackdown this week especially with shotzi and bailey who was in town not having their matchup on this show what do you think about all the the changes to this week's show miss chrissy love um i i would have preferred well the charlotte lacy i mean charlotte you know she does amazing um, we have to get a look for Lacey. We have to we have to figure this shit out because this is ridiculous now. This is that this is to the point where now she has the Sergeant Slutter hat on. Like we gotta do something. We gotta figure this out because this right here is not is not it. It's really not it. The crowd doesn't like it. It's not it, like how many times we're we gonna tr- keep trying the same. Why can't we go back to what she used to be? What is like what? If it's not broke, don't fix it. Like what? I don't get it. Like, what's what's the what's the problem? Like, who who is who is authorizing this? And the changes. I mean, we could have probably did without the the ta- the tag the women's tag match. Like, no, that was that was probably the matchup you should you should have on the show. That was the most promoted. That was like two weeks of promotion for that one. And and they needed to get rid of those NXT tag team titles, which was more useless than the twenty four seven titles. You know what? This is true. You are right. This is all you're right. 
I'm you I'm okay, you're you're not wrong at all. Um it's just it's it, it felt like it was an all over show. Like the show just didn't like flow. Like you had this segment. It's just like you just threw it all together. It's just like, all right, we have we have to work on Friday. Okay, let's get four mat four or five matches and throw it on the show. That's what it felt like. Yeah, it very much felt like an inconsequential show. I, I, I said it on last night's review that if I missed the show, I probably wouldn't have missed much. It, yeah. <laughs> and I be, I barely paid attention to it. I was out at a birthday dinner, and I was just like, had it on my phone. I was like, okay, next. Okay. <laughs> I didn't, I what do you th- who won? That's all I need to know. What do you think about uh, talent being frustrated with all the changes, Huey? I understand yeah. why you'd be frustrated. Like you, you set up an angle the week before. And so, you know, you're mentally getting ready for, okay, I'm going to have this payoff match or the next step in this story the following week. So you're, you're getting prepared and, and probably excited and you see yourself being promoted and then they get that yanked under your, from under your feet. It is frustrating. I get it from their perspective. I totally understand it. And you know, as far as talent being, you know, upset, you can guess probably who was venting their opinion based on who didn't make the show that night. So just yeah. put two and two yeah. together there. But I, I, I'll try to maybe explain or understand why they did that. Okay, so this is, you know, two people in the Money in the Bank match or for the spot in the Money in the Bank match. You take them out and you put Charlotte Flair in, who's... You can argue, you know, he's is going to be having a championship match next week against Oscar. So they probably thought, let's take maybe this mid card feud that's just starting out, take that out, and let's re- replace it with something for the women's main event scene. So I think maybe that's why they made the change. As far as let's focus on the bigger storyline here or the bigger names here. That, that, that I'm not saying it's the right thing to do, but I'm just I'm, I'm trying to wonder from the creative standpoint why they justified that move. So that's my guess is like. Charlotte just returned. Let's at least give her a match just to kind of remind people, hey, you know, she wrestles here and let's try to get some, you know, uh, heat going for her. And uh, even though she's going to have a match the following week as well. So I think just get a win under her belt just to kind of, you know, work the rust off because she hasn't been there for a couple months. And and just to set up an angle or, you know, get Asuka in the ring after the match to attack her. So just to kind of get some momentum building for that championship match for next Friday. So I think probably that's why they made the change, if I had to guess. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe if the Shotzi Bailey match maybe gets added to next Friday because it's technically the day before the, the the ladder match for Money in the Bank the next day. So I'm sure they probably think, okay, let's switch this out, put Charlotte here, Asuka have a segment there to add to their match for next Friday, and then you can have Bailey Shotzi make good next Friday, and then the winner goes on the next day for the mind women's mind the bank match so that's the only reason i'm trying uh, i'm trying to like justify yeah. this creative decision here so maybe that's why no that, make, that doesn't mean that it's right though yeah <laughs> it, it, it makes sense but it's the fact that they didn't even mention it on the show right. like they didn't even say like oh this is gonna happen next week now they just like oh it, it didn't know. happen and literally i did the review and i didn't even remember that that was advertised because they did not mention it at See? all they thought we would forget. That's why. And I did. 
I did because I didn't want to see the match to begin with. I'll be honest. I, mean, I don't. We... I don't want to think about Shotzi in this Money in the Bank ladder match when Bailey has an obvious reason to be in it to continue yes. her whole yep. angle with EO Sky. So it was a useless match to begin with. So I don't mind the change that much myself. But. We got to talk about some other news in regards to WWE as uh, their TV deals is uh, becoming a new topic of discussion. Uh, this uh, over the last two weeks, it was reported on by New York Post that Comcast uh, pays $265 million per year to put uh, Raw on USA Network and Fox pays $205 million to put SmackDown on their network. And both contracts are set to expire in October 2024. Negotiations were well underway for a new contract, but uh, the New York Post also noted that the exclusive window closing without a new deal uh, has happened. And it's not surprising with most major deals going to the open market, even if the incumbents remain the heavy favorites, which they are, Fox and USA, to retain both Raw and SmackDown. But uh, Andrew Mar Marchand of the New York Post predicts that at this stage, Fox and uh, USA are likely to remain the broadcaster. But he also notes that Disney has interest in adding WWE programming. While the Disney-owned ESPN may seem like the most logical home, given that it's the entertainment and sports programming network, Marchard's uh, sources have suggested that FX has a potential home for the WWE. The logic behind FX over ESPN is that the latter can't guarantee a night of the week due to the amount of sports content it carries, and Manchard points out that it can't just say Mondays are for WWE with all the game commitments that ESPN has. He also noted that ESPN is a sports network, and while conceding that wrestling is athletic entertainment, Manchard uh, doesn't believe it would fully work on a linear ESPN. For FX, he notes that the audience that WWE would bring to FX would be a boom, and especially with scripted content moving to streaming and commercial-free channels. He also notes that... Uh, Amazon Prime Video will be in talks with WWE, citing that the billions billion dollars a year for Thursday Night Football as an example of their buying power. And Manchard does state that he believes WWE would be hesitant to turn its broadcasting distribution over to a streaming service, but does counter that by, w by adding WWE as a sticky audience that will find WWE programming wherever it may be. In conclusion, Manchard would suggest that both Fox and USA would want to keep WWE on their respective channels, but Disney and Amazon could each offer something to benefit WWE long-term. WrestleVotes added that Disney has big interest in from WWE regarding the TV rights negotiations. There is big-time interest from WWE in a Disney partnership, and not to say the other parties involved aren't enticing, but Disney is viewed as a win-win if that's ultimately the decision on WWE's part. Brandon Thurston of WrestleNomics explored the numbers for Disney-owned FX and stated that as of February, Disney-owned FX was in 75 million homes and USA Network is in about 74 million homes and USA's 2022 average primetime viewership largely driven by WWE was 738,224,000 in the 18 to 49 demo, while FX averages 462,000 and 170,000 in the 18 to 49 
49 demo. So what do you think with the exclusive window now opening up, Huey? Could you see WWE potentially being on Disney? Let's just put it in five years in any in any of the Disney-owned uh, platforms. Absolutely, because we live in a world where uh, the streaming wars are taking place right now. All the different streaming services are battling to get as much content on their platform, therefore reasoning to get as many subscribers. Be like, hey, you need to subscribe to us. We offer this, 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 and this. So please spend your hard-earned money with us. So I can see with Disney, Disney+, Plus, all their the, the networks that they own, they're just trying to add as much content to like, for example, like maybe Disney plus like, like hypothetically, let's say Disney does get the rights. They can have the WWE network on Disney plus and then you know, weekly shows on FX. It, it just sweetens the pot. It sweetens the deal for, for consumers be like, yeah, you can get Disney plus you can get, you know, all, all the Disney movies, all the Disney TV shows, Marvel, star Wars and WWE. So and, yeah, it just it makes sense why they're just trying to get as much content ownership as they can. Yeah. And, you know, Disney does own ESPN. But like you said, you know, ESPN is stacked with all their sports deals that they have and UFC and whatnot. But I'm sure they just want to own as much as they can. The mouse Mickey Mouse wants to own it all. So I could totally see them want to be a bidder. And as you said, the the exclusive uh, rights uh, uh, negotiation period is over. Uh, it, it makes sense. It, you know, you're an NBA fan. It's like free agency. You know, you want to, you want to, okay, opt out. Like, you know, you know me, I'm a Warriors fan. Draymond Green just opted out of his contract. Uh, he wants to probably hear offers around the league. I hope it's just more or less he's going to restructure his deal and just sign a new long-term deal to stay with Steph and Clay. So, sorry, that's my sports analogy for the day. But um, no, that works. That works. <laughs> but you get know what I'm saying? Like, like if if you're if you're the 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 product here. Yeah, you want to maybe go through the proper process of going through negotiations with your current dealers. And then it's like, okay, well, now let this in. And now let's see what better offers we could potentially get now. It's just you're doing yourself that service of mm -hmm. seeing what's out there. Maybe I can get a bigger bid from this company over here. Or if they're going to offer me this, then I could take it back to my current uh, offer and be like, hey, either you match this or I'm going to go over here. So it's it's just for WWE sake, it's just all part of smart negotiations here. So yeah. I could totally see them want to, you know, see who's the, the best offer right now. And then, but yeah, as far as Disney's go, I mean, yeah, they're going up against Netflix, Max, uh, Peacock as well, uh, P Paramount Plus. You yeah. Know, I grew up, yeah, I grew up in the era of network television. It was the battle, battle of the networks. Now we're in the battle of the streaming wars. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah so I, I totally see Disney want to get as much as they can just to add more uh content for their for their platform and if they get if they can get wwe as far as like a uh, raw on fx it puts them in the lead for potentially kind of stealing what peacock has where peacock mm -hmm. is really driven by wwe being on the platform like Outside of Bel Air season, I don't have much use for a peacock app outside <laughs> correct, of WWE. Correct. So, yeah. so yeah, it it's, it it works on a number of different levels that I do agree with you. I could definitely see it being on there in a few years from now. And seems like most people are saying the same thing. Chrissy Love, would you love to see WWE have its own uh, ride at Disneyland or Disney World? 
what would we, what would it be though? Like, it would it be a virtual reality thing? Like, like you it know, would, it would be the Ric Flair Space Mountain ride. You know what? I'm done. <laughs> oh my god! Wow. Woo! Yeah, <laughs> and it should say that when it, at the ending. <laughs> Shortest ride, longest line. <laughs> Roman Reigns gonna be posing with Mickey Mouse and having Mickey acknowledge him. <laughs> like, yo, yo, have Mickey and Goofy put up the ones. Oh you, my god! You could put you could put Goofy with the New Day because Goofy is black, y'all. I've said it I've said it before on this show. Goofy is a black single father. Watch Goofy movie. Watch Atlanta. They teach you. Um, but yes, <laughs> the, the potential, the potential is 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 so wide, so wide. Final final uh, uh, news note from uh, SmackDown before we get into what happened on Raw this week. Following the initial announcement on the Pat McAfee show, WWE's corporate website has revealed the details for the newly announced WWE Fastlane 2023. It's going to be on October 7th in Indianapolis, Indiana, with tickets going on sale for the event on Friday, July 14th. Fightful Select reports that WWE has begun announcing the dates and venues use for their premium live events later than they have in years past in order to maximize the buzz around the shows. Sources in the company noted that they are trying to be strategic around their events and factoring in economics, storyline, audience growth, and more when deciding dates and locations, and that by announcing the shows individually rather than in in bunches, it lets each show reveal become its own moment. This year has seen each premium live event announced individually, whereas in 2022, all shows and locations were announced well ahead of time. People in the company have said they've been very pleased with how things have played out for them on such shows this year. So it's going to probably be something that they do more and more in the future, which it's working out. Keep doing it. Unlike what you did with the draft, where it was working out having one roster and you did a draft and you've just spit in the face to it every single time. I'm sorry. I was so annoyed by Raquel Rodriguez being on SmackDown last night. It was just like, again? Really? Like they, have nothing else to, they have nothing else to do. They, so you want to give the girl, you want to give Ronda and, Sh- and Shane these belts, but oh yeah, let's just have the girls come find them. No. How are they supposed to be dominant? They're supposed to come... They're supposed to be attacking other people. They're supposed to be the stronger team. And I don't feel like they are the stronger team at all. Nothing about them tells me dominant. That that you guys were all in UFC. That's it. Sorry. No, I like I like Ronda and Shayna. Ronda and Shayna is not the problem here. Raquel from Raw being on the show is the problem here. No, my problem is like, why is they chasing? Why why is she going over there to chase for a belt? Like, it's dumb. You it you don't make... have to chase for the belt. You just wait till Ronda and Shayna show up on Raw. That's the issue. Thank you. Stay on your show. Jesus. I don't I don't understand it, but it is what it is. Uh, we got Romeo in the chat saying Vaseline is whack, but it fits with indie. That is true. That is I didn't think about that, but that is true. Uh and uh Romeo says, You gotta get over people showing up on another show. No, I don't. If he didn't want if he wanted to do it this way, he shouldn't have done a draft. Shouldn't have said, a draft, like you should have just left it yeah. as is, like. Let people go from brand to brand and with no explanations is fine. Don't don't make a draft then because they're not free agents. They are they're supposed to be on raw. Only you the free agents supposed to be able to go somewhere. Romeo and anyone else who says, Oh, why are you why are you complaining? You have to get over it. Get your head out of Triple H's ass and realize that he made a mistake. <laughs> He's it's okay. He made a mistake. We all make mistakes. 
I was never, I've never been perfect at this job. I've never been perfect at previous job. None of us are perfect. Triple H is not perfect. Get your head out of his ass and realize he made a mistake with the draft. It's okay. He's still a good Booker. He's still good, but he made a mistake with the draft. Anywho, uh, Rui, yes. <laughs> I was just going to say, I'm a little bummed that they're bringing back the Fastlane name. As far as like, amazing pay-per-view titles or excuse me premium live event names that they've had that they're kind of just retired right now they bring back Fastlane and normally Fastlane's been in February and March and now it's gonna be one yeah and it's in October now I I thought when it didn't happen uh last year and and then we you know came this Wrestlemania season and it didn't happen I was like all right good it's gone now (laughs) like Fastlane I wasn't a big fan of the name of it to begin with and then they announced it for October. I'm like, ah, it's back. But like, there's so many uh, great unused titles, names that they could bring back and 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 use, especially for the October season. No mercy, come yes, on, no mercy. Yes. Why not? Yeah. So it just because I think Fastlane, my coworker who's a big racing fan, I, I think it made sense for February, March because of the racing season. Racing, time, racing season, yes, yes. It made sense because it was a you know double you know play on words as far as racing season of that you know uh, uh late winter early spring season but also you know as they used to the tagline what the the last you know fast lane to wrestlemania or the last stretch before wrestlemania wherever the tagline was back then so to have it just randomly in october it's just like oh. other than the indianapolis connection i was like oh, why yeah i mean i I would love to see Halloween Havoc like on the main roster. Ooh. I know NXT's been using it for a while, but I would love like you know, I know Triple H brought War Games to the main roster last year, and I, you know, I, I was talking to my coworker yesterday. I was like, I would love to see Starcade brought to the main roster. I know the chances are very slim, especially with Vince lurking in the shadows. And that's that's the NWA WCW thing. <laughs> but I would still love if they somehow use Starcade in the fall season somehow but like i know it's slim but anyway yeah fast lane like oh, they're gonna use that name again like man there's so many better ones like you said no mercy so i was just disappointed in that sense just like yay but other than then like i i do like how they kind of take their time making the announcements and that way put more emphasis on each one and make it feel like a big deal so i do give them credit there i like that strategy but the name i'm like oh, oh well uh we got we got a bunch of people making different suggestions for shows uh romeo saying armageddon too uh frantic rail says bring back no mercy and no way out uh negro buck says i was gonna just say uh judgment day uh and they already have a group named judgment day so can't do that uh romeo says judgment day should be for the australia show uh if Rhea has a big match okay that 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 i guess could work could work work. uh but Speaking of the Judgment Day, yeah, if they if they're all in the headline matches, that makes sense. Uh, but speaking of the Judgment Day, they were featured on Monday Night Raw this past week. Uh, Raw did 1.821 million viewers this week. Wow. The show featured uh, Cody Rhodes, Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens defeating the Judgment Day in an awesome six-man tag team main event. You also had Seth Rollins attempt to issue an open challenge for the World Heavyweight Championship, but Finn Balor attacked him and laid him out to open the show, as well as backstage beating him down. You also had Matt Riddle uh, beat Ludwig Kaiser in a good bout. Post-match, Gunther and Kaiser jumped Riddle, injuring his ankle. 
Trish Stratus defeated Raquel Rodriguez to qualify for the Women's Money in the Bank ladder match, thanks to interference from Becky Lynch causing a disqualification to that one. Uh, so the whole field for the Women's Money in the Bank ladder match is now complete. And you had Tommaso Ciampa made his return in a victory over The Miz. Uh, very, very good return for Tommaso Ciampa, who got a big response from the Cleveland crowd. And probably the, in the most notable thing on the show, you had the future, the future, Mr. Money in the Bank, Logan Paul made his return in his hometown of Cleveland to announce that he will be in the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. Uh, you had a revolving door promo where where LA Knight had a huge pop during the whole promo, and then uh, Logan Paul stood tall and held held the Money in the Bank contract on top of the ladder. But what do you think, guys? Are we going to see Logan Paul, Mr. Money in the Bank, next weekend? Chrissy Love, come on, jump on the bandwagon. Logan Paul, Mr. Money in the Bank. <laughs> you got nothing for me? Nothing for me? I was told when I have nothing nice to say, I have to keep my comments to myself. So let's, <laughs> you know... What it is, friend. Um, I hate this idea. I don't like it at all. You know how I feel about the Paul brothers. Fuck them all. And, you know, the room that they came from. Um, yeah, I don't care. I don't like it at all. We, we, we saying fuck the womb, too? <laughs> from, the room, from, the, from the womb to the tomb? From the womb to the tomb. I'm keeping the same energy. They the white uh, Big Meech and Southwest Terry from, from, from BMF. What are we doing? <laughs> SP, oh my god, <laughs> the Paul brothers, the Paul brothers, come on, not not Terry and Meech, son. We love they're Terry a, and they're Meech, gonna, man. Yeah, they're gonna make a white come BMF on. with the Paul brothers. No. Watch in a couple you of just years. Ruined, you just ruined it, man. Like, come on, son. Like, oh, damn, this. It's, it sounds so good though. Now that's that's why I hate it. You you, you jerk. Oh my god. Three D three D chess, ladies and gentlemen. You're um, you playing chestnut checkers. Huey, what did you think about Logan people, Paul? It's for people to buy tickets and make them watch Money in the Bank. But really, no one was really gonna want to watch it. To be honest, we were just probably would watch this the Money in the Bank match, and you know, probably watch the highlights and then call it a day. But now you have to make it where you need people to actually tune in to see Logan Paul get catapulted off of a ladder. I'm here for it all. Great. Throw your body it's off of big, the Yeah. Big selling point. Yep. Great. Um sorry, I'm just uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I I'm with you. As a wrestling fan, I don't like the move because initially it was just the original six uh 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 finalist contestant I tried, or, uh, I tried i really did i really did the original six you know uh uh wrestlers for the match i was excited because like going in it's like okay none of them are a former world champion it's someone brand new this really could be a big star studded star making moment for one of these guys in this match and it's like okay so it's like triple h give him credit it's like something fresh and new creatively and then you add logan paul and you're like uh if you're gonna add someone you know, maybe another wrestler in the back who needs a push or something, you know, fr from a, a wrestling fan standpoint. Now, 
from a business side of things, I totally get the move. Why? Right. right, from, right. from a then like, okay, let me take my wrestling fan, you know, brain out and put my business brain in and be like, okay, I get it from a business standpoint. It, it, you know, you're a company that's still trying to get a younger demographic. You're still trying to get younger people. You're trying to uh, expand your brand into to people who don't know about you or maybe have forgot about you or you're trying to recruit new fans. So you're trying to use Logan Paul as that platform to, you know, uh, go fishing and hook as many people in. I get it. Having him on there, I'm sure he's going to promote on all his platforms that he has millions of followers, his podcasts, all that stuff. So I get it. It might bring some extra eyeballs to next weekend and maybe, tune in you know next week i know he's going to be on smackdown next week with uh grace waller effect so probably people will tune in to just to see that segment that segment yeah. will probably get a lot of views on youtube and social media and whatnot so i get why they add him in i'm not a big fan that he did not like do a qualifying match to get into into this he just but i get it from like a heel stamp he's a rich you know uh, uh stuck up so he just inserts himself so from uh getting some heel heat i get maybe that's uh, that's how i'm trying to interpret this situation here but it's just like it is frustrating but hypothetically i hate to say this but i, I think he is a strong favorite to win this because dude imagine he goes around for x amount of months with that money in the bank you know he does an episode of impulsive and it's just sitting in the back so that big WWE branding is going to be seen on all his future podcasts and he could be reference it for future podcasts and maybe guests will come on and be like, Hey, what's that briefcase there? And he goes, Oh, well, Hey, I'm Mr. Money in the bank. So I, I could see if he's a winner that WWE will get a lot of extra exposure moving forward past that pay-per-view. So I understand it. He can go around doing media or whatever he does in his personal life, walking around with that briefcase. I'm sure he, he can like do, you know, social media clips like, hey, I'm out getting the lunch right now with my briefcase. So <laughs> I could see the potential for for WWE benefiting from that. It, it's it's also I could see that since he's part time, it adds more mystery of when could he show up and actually cash in. If it's a full time wrestler in WWE, you're going to see him every week and it might get a little burnout. Like, hey, I got the briefcase. Am I going to cash in or not? With him not around all the time, it adds a little more drama. Be like, he might not be back in two months, but you know, if he does show up, that might be a sign he's going to cash in right now. So I can see from a storyline standpoint, the drama being there. Um, like I said, it's just frustrating because like I don't necessarily want him to win, but I could see from a business standpoint why WWE would go all in on that and just for their sake. I mean, hell, you know. They need to do something to make w the, the money in the bank briefcase feel special again. I feel like it's been on a down the last couple of years. You know, Otis winning, losing it to the Miz, Austin Theory last year, and his whole bad storyline booking with that. So the briefcase, I feel like it needs a revamping of some sort. That's why I was hoping like a new, new person winning it this year could really set things up for it. But if they give it to Logan Paul, I don't know. Maybe that's how they feel they can revamp it in some way. I don't know. I'm just not the biggest fan of it. Yeah, I, I understand it's going to be a polarizing decision when, when someone like Logan Paul is in it. But but I feel like I'm him cashing in and then losing really wouldn't affect him. 
That that's also true, but I don't need another Money in the Bank winner who doesn't win uh, after a cash in. I think they they've already they've already exhausted that with the with the men. It's it would be an interesting story for the women, but the only person who could fit that bill in the women's Money in the Bank ladder match is probably Bailey. But I don't want to mm-hmm. see that for her either. We do have a super chat donation. Thank you so much once again from the Negro Buck Nick Jackson. He says, "Just cause Rhea is my mommy and I love my mommy." Well, there you go. Hey. All, all love for the mommy. All love for the mommy, and and them naming a pay per view after her. Uh, <laughs> we also got uh, Negro Buck also saying, "Uh, oh, Huey, those are really really great uh, points, but fuck, man, I can't betray my loyalty to L.A. Knight." <laughs> L A Knight, yeah, yeah. Let me let me talk to ya. <laughs> he's still the favorite. He's still he's the still, favorite. I think he is, but you I, know, I feel like he's the fan favorite. Obviously, I want to see him win. I think maybe the most compelling storyline is if Damian Priest won, and you see Finn Balor going after the world title right now with Seth Rollins. I assume he's probably going to lose. Early prediction: he's going to lose. So he'll add, he's you know telling Seth this week, I've been waiting seven years to get my revenge and to be a world champion. So that's, you, you get the impression that's been eating at him for the last seven years. So hypothetically, if he loses to Seth, he's going to be more bitter and angry. If he sees Damian Priest with the briefcase, he'd be like, my own member of my faction has the golden ticket to win the title that I just lost. So I think from a storyline standpoint, that tension with the Judgment Day is right there. So that's why I think he could be the favorite. And then Logan Paul from the business standpoint. So I feel like those are the top three possible you know, predictions right there. And always, we were just talking about how they continue to do the whole Roman returns thing because it does equal big ratings. Imagine him doing the same thing with Logan Paul. And every time he returns, the question is, is he going to cash in on mm-hmm. this show? That also is another storyline point of a reason to put it on Logan Paul as well. But we have uh, some news coming out of Monday Night Raw and similar to SmackDown. It's about all Vinny Mac again. WWE changed up plans for Seth Rollins World Heavyweight Championship Open Challenge on this week's Raw. And a new report had details on the original plans. As reported, Rollins uh, opened the show set to defend the title but was attacked by Finn Balor. The Miz then came out and he had an open challenge that was answered by Tommaso Ciampa. During Tuesday's Wrestling Observer Radio, Dave Meltzer reported that Vince McMahon made some last-minute changes on the Raw episode and Seth Rollins was announced for the open challenge. And according to Meltzer, that match was originally supposed to happen until the last minute when he got changed. Instead of taking part uh, in his open challenge match, he was jumped by Balor, and Melter added that the first 30 minutes of the WWE Raw episode were totally changed from what was originally planned. Backstage sources also stated that the changes McMahon made to the show were apparently better than what was going to take place for the show. According to Fightful Select, the original plan was to have Tommaso Ciampa answer the open challenge with the match scheduled to receive a lot of time and ended a non-finish that was changed several times over the weekend and again a few hours before the show started and the match was internally listed as TBA versus Seth Rollins. The change was one, do- one uh, was done by Vince McMahon and all those original, originally planned for the match wanted it to go through as planned and people backstage. Said, it's like this is really yes. 
Oh my god. That's really that's really him now. That's Hideous. really him. Uh, <laughs> that uh, people backstage said that those around the match were clearly frustrated that it was changed and there was a plan internally to reunite Ochampa and Johnny Gargano after the matchup. And Gargano was backstage, but wasn't planned for the show by the night of the episode. So that's a little disappointing about the DIY <laughs> part of this whole thing. But uh, to add to that. Per uh, worked wrestling following Champa's return, there are still plans in the works for D- DIY to be reformed on the main roster. In addition to the reunion of DIY, they are now they are going to be set to feud with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn for the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships. So, hey. There's light at the end of the tunnel, but of course, Vince McMahon making changes is never going to go down well with everybody. Miss Chrissy Love, uh, do you? <sighs> what do you? What do you say? Do you think it would have been better if Champa answered the open challenge and had a good matchup with Seth Rollins that he would likely either lose or they would be a non-finish than what we saw on Raw this week? Um, yeah, I would have loved that. Like, you, he didn't have to like. When he could have got like disqualified, or like someone could have came out, like making him he him not him losing would have not been like the move for that particular night. So you can make the feud go on longer, but yeah, make the open challenge, like make his return back meaningful, like make him like be a good heel that we know he is. Like he doesn't have to be a like he doesn't have to be a face. We know what Champa can do, and he's capable of being like a good heel, like. Seth Rollins need that in right now. He needs a good heel. Like he needs several hills to be attacking him. Finn Balor, Champa. Like we can name a few guys that he can be like all like who's coming. He's coming from all sides. But this is what happens when you are a champion that can be defend that is going to be defending this title anywhere all the time. So you're going to have to be like looking out for your back. You're going to be like doing these things. So I I would have liked that very very much. What about you, Hewitt? I actually did like the changes that they made here as far as adding more more heat for the world title match between Finn and Seth. Because right. like one of the big takeaways for me personally, like visually from this past Monday was the fact that Finn kept attacking him multiple times, doing his finisher, stomping on him. Then even the back, like that image, that camera shot of Finn having his foot on Seth's throat and olden titles. I've been waiting seven years to -hmm. get this or win the title, get my revenge. So as far as the emotions, SP3, you know, I'm a big emotion guy, storytelling guy, like seeing that, I'm like, Oh my God, I want to see this blood feud at money in the bank now. So seeing Finn hold that title and like, I, I like Finn. Finn's like a total badass right now. And, and I, I want to see their match now. So just kind of add fuel to the fire. Now, granted, sure, it would be great to see Ciampa versus Seth kill it for probably, what, 30-plus minutes to kick off the show. I'm sure they can do that at some point later. I, I would love to see it. But for Ciampa's storyline here, him coming back and and facing the Miz and picking pick up a win, I think that's great for him just kind of get back into motion after being gone for, what, nine months what it was. So to get up and pick up a win and just kind of start his momentum again. That's great. And also it just kind of, I guess you could say finishes the storyline he had with the Miz when he came to main roster. Miz, that's why one. I, that's why I think it was better. I think it was yeah. better to, to make those changes because I, I would have, I, I hate a long matchup that has a non-finish and that's what the reports are saying. It would have been mm-hmm. a non-finish. So even if it was a great matchup, I would have been like, but the finish. So yeah. this, 
this closed up the chapter with the Miz, and now mm-hmm. Ciampa can move on. So I think it was the right decision. Absolutely. I, I think, yeah, it wraps it up. And then uh, uh, I was listening t- to you, SP3, you and Rick talking about how, I guess, Ciampa kind of, you know, originally said, oh, he loved working with the Miz, but now it's like, now we know he was just kind of forced into that storyline. So I think it's great. But just to wrap it up, now set Ciampa off on his own path and, you know, maybe tell that DIY story, him and Gargano reforming together um and we know that's one of triple h's best stories ever in nxt i wonder if they'll try to do a new version on the main roster so that could be something really fun to look forward to over the next couple year or two wherever how long this plays out so i i I am bummed though for johnny gargano that he did not appear on tv in cleveland i know he was liking a bunch of tweets people saying that they missed him wish he was there so that was a little bit of a bummer but I, I, I kind of get the, you know the bigger the, the sacrifice overall was to add more tension for the the, the world title picture, getting Champa's momentum going again, and just building up towards Money in the Bank next week. And it also parlayed nicely into the next night on NXT Gold Rush uh, Week One, which did a huge rating, did seven hundred and seventy three thousand viewers, which is their highest viewership in the past two years. Uh, and the show, of course, featured Seth Rollins defeating no, yeah. Braun. Yes, uh, defeating Braun Breaker uh, in a terrific main event matchup to retain the World Heavyweight Championship. Post-match, Finn Balor once again attacked Seth Rollins, leading to Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams making the save for him. You also had Idris Anofe and Malik Blade beat Tank Ledger and Hank Walker and Brooks Jensen and... Uh, Josh Briggs to become the number one contenders for the NXT Tag Team Championships. They get their shot next week. And you had Wesley defeat Tyler Bate in a uh, good opener to retain the NXT North American Championship. But it probably would have been great if the match wasn't all about Mustafa Ali taking all the attention away from two from great the, workers. <laughs> Make it all about him. <laughs> but I, I thought like, that was the I whole was point. Like, this would have been a banger if they just would have just not done that. They could have just not done that. But I think like, that was the point of it, though. I think that was like, see, like Mustafa be a jerk and an asshole and like kind of like make it all about him. I thought well, that was the that, point of it. That could be great if that's the point, but it's not a good point. Okay. okay. <laughs> I would have, I would have just liked to see Wesley and Tyler Bay have a great match. Just they did. No, they didn't. They had a good match. They could have had a great uh, banger of a match that would have been putting in my match. It was good, but it could have been better. Is that what you're saying? It was good, but it could have been much better if it wasn't (laughs) all about Mustafa Ali. Emphasizing the much, the capital M. Much better. Much better. And then speaking about uh, NXT moving forward, WWE has been adding star power to NXT in recent weeks with the biggest being Seth Rollins on this past Tuesday show. And apparently that's going to be the plan moving forward. According to the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, WWE is planning to have more major stars work on the brand, similar to how Seth did. And Ronda Rousey has been discussed as uh, her team with Shayna Baszler going to the brand to defend the Women's Tag Team Championships is a part of the plan. And WWE is attempting to use the main roster stars to increase the ratings of the show. And so far, it has worked out for them. So all good stuff all around for WWE. Any thoughts on NXT, Gold Rush, or our main roster stars being on NXT, Huey? I'm all for it. I love it. Especially if you're 
on the main roster and you're not being used to yep. your full potential. You're yep. not doing anything. Go down there, work with some young talent. You're one helping the next generation of stars. One, you're going to get also you're going to get more TV time. Maybe you can even work on your own character work. And like Baron Corbin's been doing some great stuff. Like I love the segment with him and Carmelo this week in the ring talking to each other. Yes, I even good. though Baron, that's, you know, dropping how much money he has. And I was kind of eyeballing like, oh, 1.5 million house or whatever. I'm like, oh, thank, thanks for. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for bragging about that. But I, I'm all for that. It, it's like if it helps the next generation, you know, w- w- with with their uh, TV presentation, their character work, but also for, like I said, these main roster people who we've seen for years, like Baron Corbin, it's like what he said, nine years. I forget how many years now, but yeah, when you're up on the main roster for a long time, you can get kind of stale. I mean, look at the Miz. He's been there forever and he's more or less done the same thing. Mm-hmm. You can argue like his last best run was the, the last IC title run he had, or, yeah. You know, maybe t- uh, getting the money, the bank briefcase, and winning the WWE title for what, a week or two, whatever it was. But there's some yeah, guys, eight days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's some guys and gals on the main roster who've been there for a long time, and after a while, it gets stale. So a change of scenery is always good. I mean, you think about the old school territory days. If you've been at one place for too long, it's time to People's move on, else. go yep. go somewhere else. So I'm all for people on the main roster who are not being utilized. Come on down, get a refresh. You get that star power. People, oh, my God, that's so-and-so from Raw or SmackDown. That's great. I mean, right now, yeah, Dana Brooke, Baron Corbin, Ali, Los Lotharios showed up. Was it last week? Um, who else am I missing? I mean, you know, more, more recently, Apollo Crews, Dolph Ziggler last year. AJ did a one-off. Rhea did a one-off. It'd be great. Uh, so I'm all for it. Even Seth Rollins this week. That's what it is. It's to get yeah. ratings. It's to get yeah. people to watch it because no one really wants to watch it, to be honest. So... You throw like the hit some big guys on there, some people mm-hmm. that's like you know from the other show that's not being utilized. Hey, let's send them to NXT, no problem. Like have good matches, like go things. Like I think uh, Baron and Camilla was actually pretty decent, to be honest. Like I, yeah. Well, I was gonna say also. I mean, for a lot of them, they're probably living in the Orlando area, so it's just like yeah. Oh, so it's nothing for them to, like leave their house and like yeah. just go <laughs> up the road and come over there. That's true. You're right. That's actually. That that makes more sense. Like people that don't want to do the whole like travel week. Let me go to NXT for a few months. Yeah, and that way you can just go on down the road, do your work for the week, and then go back home. So you get yeah, you you're not uh yeah traveling as much. But also, I really love the Seth Carmelo Hayes backstage uh, segments. There, it yeah. it really put over Carmelo. Like you know, yeah. Seth's like, hey, that title means a lot to me. I was the first winner of that. He really put him over, and I I love Carmelo Hayes. I I, uh, I interviewed him at WrestleMania and I told him, dude, I think you could be this generation's HBK. And he was like, whoa, kind of taken back by it. But I was giving him his props. Like, dude, I love oh, yeah, watching like, you. Yeah, that's actually really like a really good thing, like comparison. Like he, he can definitely go with it and be so, so good and do that. I, I was trying to explain to him, like, dude, because the way you not only like the sunglasses, stuff, but the way you carry yourself when you come out and and you put on these amazing matches. I really think you could be this generation's HBK. And you're working with him in NXT. So he was kind of taken back by it. Like, no one's probably said that to him uh, publicly. So I was glad I was able to tell him that. But working with Seth and and putting him over. And I also like seeing Seth backstage with Nathan Frazier, you know, his former, one of his yeah. students. And kind of them acknowledging he was, you know, giving him his props for the Heritage title uh, and 
uh, uh, just saying like, I'm really glad to see you're here. So Seth's presence, just kind of talking to the locker room. He's like, you know, the, 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 the veteran coming in and just passing down his wisdom. So that was just cool as well from like, he's there to help the next generation. So I'm all for that. So I really enjoyed it. But the main event itself, as far as Braun Breaker, I think Braun as a heel right now, it's working. It was a great match with Seth. I think when Braun has a good dance partner in the ring, he, mm-hmm. he, he is a badass. And I know a lot of people want to see get called up with the draft, but I think it makes sense why he stay on NXT to work on this heel yeah. persona right now. Yeah. Character, yes. Yeah. Well, I think it was his, his best singles match of his career so far was that mm. match with Seth. But then the drama, you know, Seth having the wrap around his stomach after getting attacked the night before from Finn. So that carryover drama is there. And then Finn showing up at the end and attacking him. So it adds more fuel to the fire for yeah. their money to bank match next weekend. So all this crossover and synergy, I'm all for it. So I'm a big fan of it. And as as we just said, it gives you reason to tune in. But uh, uh, I wonder if Roman Reigns will ever appear on NXT again. It won't happen. It won't well, happen. And that's why I'm, Seth you know going what, no. to defend the world title on Tuesday is making it lower than what Roman Reigns has because <laughs> Roman would never do that. Listen, Roman is Beyonce and NXT is BET. <laughs> she will never NXT. go to the BET Awards because there, there's nothing there for her. So She only goes to the Grammys. Only goes to the Grammys. She doesn't do the little baby shows. We don't. We don't do those things. We don't. We're not doing that. That we're, we're, that's beneath us. You don't see Brock Lesnar going over there. Also true. Also You're not going to send him but... over there. So don't don't try to send me there either. That no. brings us to a close on our WWE talk this week. We want to thank Baby Huey for joining us. You're a great guest. This won't be the last time no. we have you on the show for sure. But let everybody know where they can follow you on social media, listen to In The Click podcast, and your radio work, good sir. The floor is yours. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, guys, for making the time. I I, I love just the positive, fun conversation. I know there's a lot of wrestling podcasts out there. Some are can be very negative and toxic, and there's a lot of fun ones out there. So I'm glad to be on with one of the fun, upbeat podcasts. So thank you for that. But yeah, if you want to follow me on Facebook, you do so at Baby Huey Official, Twitter and Instagram at Baby Huey 83. Follow my wrestling podcast with my co-host Brian Tronic. You can do so at in the click. That's K L I Q. We're all over social media. If you want to email me, in the click at gmail.com. But subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts at. Uh, listen on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five star rating. Leave a review there. Uh, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, In the Click. You can see, as I mentioned earlier, all my WrestleMania interviews there. Uh, did a bunch of interviews that weekend. So those are all there, but all the episodes are uploaded there as well. So, uh, Give us a thumbs up, leave a comment on the YouTube video. So that would mean a lot to us. But yeah, and if you want to listen to the radio, if you're, you know, uh, terrestrial radio, I work at 1077 The Bone, The Rock of the Bay in San Francisco, 1077thebone.com. Uh, I'll be on today, 3 to 8 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. So when I get done here, get, get go do my radio show. I will definitely plug this on my radio show as well. So yeah, uh, uh, yeah. But no, thank you so much for making the time. I truly appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we'd love to do more with you guys, collab. It's all about collaboration. That's one thing from WrestleMania week that I love. How many wrestling journalists, podcast hosts, content creators were all there. Everyone was really interacting, especially in the press box. 
everyone was like exchanging contact info and wanted to work with each other. So I'm all for that positive working together. We're all in this together, help each other out. So no, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Huey. Thank you, Huey. Bunch of love in the chat for you as well. Have a good one, Huey. You're awesome, man. And we also got Romeo saying awesome stuff, Huey. So thank you for joining us, good brother. Like I said, we're going to have you back on. And if you want me and Chrissy Love with Colin Punk, a hot, me a hot messy hoe, you can have us on in the click anytime you want. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. <laughs> yeah, we love because I'm, I'm friends with Lars from Rancid, who's good friends with CM Punk. So I'm all for getting oh. that. Oh my see god, a punk dude, like inside scoop on the messy. Oh my god, I can't. Oh lord. There you go. There Rook, you go. Oh, Rook, I do want to say if Bailey and Shotzi ever do have a match against each other, I hope the announcers do say it is the Battle of the Bay Area because they're both from the Bay Area. So I do there hope they go. acknowledge that at some point, maybe yeah. next week if it does happen. So yeah, go Bay Area for me. <laughs> Rep it hard. <laughs> thank you, Huey. We're cool, definitely going to have you back. Good brother. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Nick Jackson, I um I don't know if Beyonce really goes to the VMAs anymore. She hasn't been there since she um like uh announced her pregnancy. So like that's another one that's on the list too, friend. I don't know about that one. She does only the Grammys, the big the big guns. The big the big guns, the big guns. But like always, we have one going out. We gotta have one coming in, and he's a regular at this point on this channel. We've had him so many times on the flagship podcast. We've had him on previews, reviews for the show. It is our good brother from Fightful as well as Fight Game Media, Five Star Network. Uh, I, I lose count at how many places he's working. He worked more places than me, Chrissy Love. He is Scott Edwards. Scott E. Wrestling is back on the show. Wait, Thank you, you good brother, that for works more than you? No way. Yes, he works more places than me, Scott. Really? Yes, he does. Okay. Hi, Scott. <laughs> Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be back. I listened to a How's lot of the conversation, so it was very good. It's going well. How are you? Good. How have you been, man? Yeah. I've, I've been great. I got back from vacation last weekend, um, and I started a new job right before vacation, so I've been kind of balancing that and uh -huh. this, and uh this weekend i'm filled with a bunch of these because it's forbidden door weekend it's stardom weekend there's a lot going on and i love every little bit of it <laughs> yes it is uh we we gotta touch on on the stardom so because you're a big joshi fan so check out so uh the five-star joshi show with me and scott where we broke everything down from stardom but let the people know what's to look forward to from stardom sunshine this weekend yeah i mean stardom's not on forbidden door i don't know if you've heard they are not on forbidden door uh they have their own pay-per-view so they're not on forbidden door uh but they have a big show this weekend they have two steel cage matches which is a very unique concept for them including a loser leaves faction match between queen's quest and oedo tie they have a match featuring julia mayu yutani that's in the steel cage uh mariah may who's become very famous i think around uh the world now because of her stardom output she's challenging for a title for the very first time in stardom which is very exciting she'll be teaming with mina shirakawa who is of course sp3's favorite so 
you know, who he's rooting for in that match. Club Venus, uh, baby. And Club Kyrie's Venus on the show. Club. Everyone should care about Kyrie being on the show. That match should be spectacular. So if you want to hear a full preview for that, you head over to the Fight Game Media YouTube channel. You can hear me and SP3 talk all about it uh, because that was a lot of fun. But, yeah, it's a big-time weekend for them as well. Two weekends because we're all building to tournament season in Japan. Oh, can't wait. I can't wait. Got the G1, got the five-star Grand Prix, got the N1. Oh, man, it's a good one. So I got to ask you, since you are the stardom expert, and I've been saying this all week, because I, I literally been getting into debates and arguments oh. with people. Was there anyone that is not on stardom sunshine that would have been a correct representation of stardom because in my opinion when i looked at the stardom sunshine show and i did the preview with you i was just like yeah there's no one no. that would have been like an enough star power to be even slightly known to be on forbidden door that's not on the stardom show besides mercedes monet who, who was who's injured and can't who be was on going the show. to be on the show she was going to be on that show but of course uh she's not so that's the only person. Everyone else has a match on this show of somewhat importance. You and me talked about it. I know a lot of people, uh, when Sean Rossap had reported that AEW had been talking to stardom, they're like, oh, just bring over Shuri. She's not doing anything. I was like, that's not how, I don't know if you know this. It's not how booking works. You can't just be like, oh, we're going to take her out of the singles match against Xena, who's heading back to Australia. So that she can go wrestle Tony Storm or someone. That's just not how it works. That is Zena's big final showcase match. You're giving her a kind of a nice send off before she heads back to Australia because you know that's how tours work. So no, that's not how that's not how this goes. You can't just send anyone. They didn't have anyone to represent them that would have represented stardom to the best of their abilities. So I think truthfully, what we have on Forbidden Door card wise for the women's matches is probably the best you can ask for it's really good there's no complaints here for me you have the new japan strong women's champion against the aew world champion and you have a really good pre-show match between one of the best young prospects in women's wrestling and probably america's best women's wrestler and one of the best champions in the world athena can't beat that to me i think they did a good job of making up for it I agree 100% with you. And we got some breaking news here in the chat. Apparently, Misfit Wrestling Podcast, thanks for joining us, saying AEW refunded the Naito meet and greet. So that will help for our predictions that we're about to get into of who might uh, who, who might be the mystery partner of Sting and Darby that we talked about earlier tonight, uh, earlier today. So, yes. Uh, finally, though, real quick, the other things that we missed this week ROH TV on Honor Club this week had one of my favorite women's matches on TV this year as Athena, the aforementioned Athena, beating Kira Hogan in a violent, 
uh, Chicago street fight with a damn superplex onto a 20 chair ladder bridge, a 20 chair bridge. Oh man, it was such a great matchup escalated in violence throughout as Athena retained the ROH Women's World Championship. You had Daniel Garcia beat Rocky Romero in a pure rules matchup. You had Lucha Bros, Commander, and Elio Del Vikingo uh, defeat Serpentico. Kip Sabian, The Butcher, and The Blade in a pretty fun opening eight-man tag. And The Infiltry uh, pulled off an upset over the kingdom thanks to Trisha Dora equalizing uh, Maria Canellis. Any comments on the on the on the grand performance once again by Athena? And like you said, you said it yourself, Scott. Uh, one of the one of the best champions overall in America right now. Uh, in <laughs> wrestling, I said in wrestling for champions, one of the best. Yeah. Women's. I just want to give her the most credit possible. No, uh, I, I, I understand. Respect, I want to respect Athena. I am a minion, so I have to respect her the best. <laughs> we, are, we are all minions. <laughs> we are all Athena minions. Yes. Um, so. Yeah, I was actually watching this show while I was waiting to jump on here. Um, I think what Athena's been able to do with, I'm not gonna, I don't want to say like lesser talent, but younger or not as push talent has been great, right? That match with Willow feels like it was the rocket ship that Willow needed. I always like to date back to that one. Um, of course, the match with Sky Blue has pretty much been the rocket ship for Sky Blue over at AEW. And maybe this was the one for Kiara as well. That's what you kind of hope. Now, I want the rocket ship to take Athena to these places next. Right, uh, right, you know, right. It's not just all about the people she's beating up. It, right. I want her to be the AEW like, yeah. Women's World Champion mm -hmm. eventually. She deserves that spot. That's why I'm so happy she's on Forbidden Door. Because, Same. frankly, I think a lot of people are missing how great she is. Yes. Not everyone's watching on her. Yes, yes. I, I'm so I'm so glad that she's on the show. We're gonna get to those predictions in a bit here. Uh, any thoughts on Athena and Kara from ROH TV, Chrissy Love? Um, is one of my matches of the week, so I'm very excited that Spoiler they. Alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert! Yeah, sorry, but no, they just did so well. Like these girls again. These are not like. You know they're good and they're indie girls and they they need to like get the shine that they deserve and this was like one of the things that I'm happy that they were able to do to show you know like this was this was this was awesome for them to, for them to do this work. Can you imagine if they were like top tier people? Puh. This is nothing. <laughs> should be after that performance, right? Yeah, it, I should, it, was... it should start to be like you know considered like. Some top girls, and like you said, I'm happy Athena will be on Forbidden Door because, again, she she should like you know she's she's been so good, and and I think she deserved that. Yeah, I think Kara, that was Kara Hogan's best match best of match. her career yes. that I've seen, yes. as well as as far as singles matches for sure. Correct. And then finally, you had Impact on Access TV. The show featured Bully Ray and Steve Macklin defeating uh, Frankie Kazarian and Eddie Edwards in a pretty good main event tag team matchup. You had Speedball Mike Bailey and Jonathan Gresham beat the design thanks to the ongoing dissension between Diener and Angels. You also had K uh, Killer Kelly defeat Taylor Wilde. Post-match, the coven jumped Kelly until Masha Slamovich surprisingly made the save for her former rival seemingly making a new team between Kelly and Masha, which I am all for. Sign me up for that. 
And then in Impact Wrestling News this week, in a post on Twitter, Moose announced that he has signed a new long-term deal that is the longest in company history with Impact Wrestling. He says, leaving Impact was a very hard decision to make since I made my debut in July 2016. I have accomplished so much in seven years. Truth is, there are so many matches that I want I wanted to have and so many matchups to be had, but then I realized, unlike MMA, I don't have to beat the, the great wrestlers in other organizations to be considered great. The, I think my body of work speaks for itself. I believe my peers in all other companies and organizations respect my work, and at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Right now, when you hear Impact Wrestling, AJ Styles and Kurt Angle are the, na- the top names that come to mind. I want my name to be at the top of that list, so with that goal in mind, I have more I have to get done before my time in Impact is done. Not only did I sign back with Impact Wrestling, but I also signed the longest deal anyone has ever signed in company's history. A whole lot of work to be done, so let's go. P.S. I get to still annoy Tommy Dreamer and Scott Damore. So we love that for Moose. Uh, Moose is <laughs> definitely kind of one of the, the stalwarts of Impact Wrestling. So uh, did you think, Scott, it was time for him to leave? Or what do you think about Moose staying with Impact? I I would say yes if I had a place for him to go. Mm-hmm. But nothing connected. I mean, what, do you want to be the giant of the month in AEW? No. Um, and I don't. <laughs> he, he's not going to WWE. So... That's kind of the way I think of it. And through this, he can still do those few New Japan dates that he's done through the past, which I think mm-hmm. have always mm-hmm. kind of allowed him to show what else he's got in the tank. So Impact, to me, was always the right sp- uh, spot for him. Even even if I think he's done everything there, it's just he's better off there as as a result. Yeah, and I and I think it's it's kind of a thing where you know you could have him win the Impact World Championship again. He's only won it once, so you know you can't have the reason why we view the AJ Styles, the Kurt Angles as these goats of Impact Wrestling is because they had multiple runs on top. Moose only has had one, and it was a good one, but he can have more. He can more do more it. in Impact mm-hmm. Wrestling. So for sure, uh, we do got a, a contrarian in the chat, uh, Misfit saying could have gotten uh, Koname. Uh, she isn't booked on Sunshine. Do you no, do you Kuna- do you Kuna- honestly? Kuna- no, no, no. Time out. Konami doesn't even <laughs> want to leave Osaka, Japan, and you want her to head yeah. over to the United States. That's never happening. <laughs> And I like her, but that is not what we call the correct representation yeah. of stardom. Like, that is the point that we were trying to make. Should have sent Momokogo you're a stardom again. fan. Should have sent Momokogo again. <laughs> yeah, I would have liked Momokogo. That went pretty well the first time. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, we got a final news note from Impact Wrestling. Mickey James is going to be on her way back to Impact Wrestling. Fightful Select reported that she has healed from her rib injury. She was forced to give up the Impact Knockouts world title earlier this year and back out of the title defense at Rebellion due to the injury. The report knows she is healthy and was cleared a few weeks ago. James is currently a free agent. She is was expected to stay in Impact until the summer before the injury. While she is still a free agent, a source in Impact believes she is a woman of our word and will keep her commitments. After her commitments with Impact is done, though, Miss Chrissy Love, I'll ask you, do you think that we could see Mickey James make her way back to WWE or even potentially in, in AEW? Mm. 
WWE, if she can do both uh, locations, I think so. Other than that, if she can't like get in right away, you like let me like come over here and then I can go over there. Then I think she won't. She doesn't want to deal with WWE, especially now that Vince is now supposedly back too. She doesn't want any part of that shit. So let her go back and like be the 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 Trojan horse of what they call Impact's women's division over there. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause that's where she thrives. That's where she's strong. That's why I, I think of like most of her run anyway. To be honest, like her women's career. I mean, she did good go. things over in WWE, but I think she's done better things over over there. I agree with you. To yeah, your point is good. Uh, we got Negro Buck who says, "Yay, my favorite MILF is coming back!" Yay. <laughs> That's the best way I can wrap up that that part of the oh show. God. There, <laughs> a, a coworker of mine called me that. I didn't know how to take it. I was like, "Is that a great, a good compliment, or is that a bad?" Compliment? Do you know what MILF stands for? The sexy um, a, um, isn't it a sexy mom you want to fuck? Yeah, mom, I like to fuck. Yeah, it's like okay, but I, I, don't know. I think Mr. Mr. Love is probably looking at all your employee lists. He's like, he's like <laughs> who said that shit? I wonder who. He's like, he's like, I'm gonna pick you up. It was from a work girl. Week, that buddy. was one. <laughs> he's like, you really are a sexy milf. After seeing my son graduate, I was like, girl, okay. I mean, thanks. I appreciate you. <laughs> Oh, well, let's go to Chrissy Love, the Sexy Mills uh, favorite part of the show, uh, the <laughs> match of the week. Uh, this is where we give you our favorite matches from this past week, either three or five of the best matches that we've seen this week. I already see Scott is ready. He's prepared for this. So, Scott, we will start with you. What's your matches of the week? Yeah, my matches are wild because I didn't watch that much wrestling this week. I feel like there wasn't much Thankfully, you know, from coming back what? from vacation. Well, no, no, no. Outside of the obvious TV shows, like oh, okay, for, got for it. me, like big shows that yeah, you know, that's you get, true. Like, okay. yeah. like these huge matches. Oh, did Chrissy? Did I freeze or Chrissy freeze? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Something happened. And I didn't hear anybody talking anymore. I was like, okay, maybe it's me. Yeah, I think it, I think it was her, but. Okay. Yeah, well, what I meant is like there hasn't been the big shows. We're building to those obviously tomorrow. Uh, so my picks are like here, there, and everywhere. Um, one of them is Jack Perry versus Doki from Rampage. Um, I don't know why. I just had a lot of fun with it. I thought the crowd midway through the match turning on Jack Perry is exactly what they were <laughs> intending for that to be. And I think Doki's just a fun guy. I, I have a good time watching Doki. I think he's um. He's nothing like special per se, and that's what makes him special, if that makes sense. Like he's just like he just tries hard, and you can feel that in his matches. And he main evented an AEW show, so to me, that's cool. Uh, the other ones are Kino versus Go Shizaki from Pro Wrestling Noah. This week they had a Cork and Hall main event, and they kicked and chopped each other a lot, and that was fun. <laughs> and then my other one is from I think this was All Japan. It was yeah. last Saturday, Shuji Ishikawa and Suwama versus Yuji Okabayashi and Daisuke Sakamoto, uh, one of my favorite tags of the year. That was excellent. 
Still gotta gotta watch that. I watched one match from that show, which is actually on my uh, match of the week list here. So I'll give mine honorable mention this week. I do got that Jungle Boy Doki match from Rampage. I really enjoyed that one. I got from Collision in my honorable mention CMFTR versus Joe and Bullet Club Gold, uh, and then Athena and Kara Hogan is on my honorable mentions. But mm-hmm. number five. I got Cody, Sammy, and Kevin Owens versus Judgment Day. Uh, number four, I got Roderick Strong versus Kevin Blackwood from uh, Prestige Wrestling, Black Sunshine. Absolutely enjoyed that match. I thought it was one of the best independent matches of the year. Number three, I got Seth Rollins versus Braun Breaker from NXT Gold Rush. Number two, Kento Mirahara and Yuma Ayaki versus Atushi Ayaki and Rising Hayato uh, from All Japan Dynamite Series Day 3. And then number one this week from Collision last week, Andrade versus Buddy Matthews. Absolutely enjoyed that matchup. One of my favorite TV matches from AEW this year. Chrissy Love, what's your matches of the week this week? She's still frozen? Oh, no, she's here. She's here. She's moving. <laughs> no, I'm here. Okay, I'm here. Can you see me? Okay, I'm here. All right, great. Um, uh, number five is going to be uh Kara and Athena. Number four, uh, I'm going to give it to Cody Owens, Zane versus Judgment Day. Uh, number three is going to be uh Jungle Boy and what's the guy name again? Doki. 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 <laughs> And I was like, is his mask, is he supposed to be like a bandit? Like, he's, is he going to rob us? I have us? no like, idea. Like, what was the whole, like, the album, like <laughs> I don't think he, he has cowboy? any Like, what is, what's going on? But he's That's clearly the beauty of Doki. Suit. So his, I'm like, wait. His submission's that? called the Doki Chokey. Yeah, yes, like, the I'm, Doki Chokey. I'm mad he didn't do the Doki Chokey. The Doki Chokey, Kevin. Yeah, the Doki like, And then, um, where am I at? Number two. Number two is from uh, Collision, which is um, Punk. FTR and Bullet Club, and who else was in the, the group? Joe. Oh, Joe. Joe. Yes, that standoff was amazing with the with the, yeah. the Joes. Um, yeah. And um, my last one is Andrade and Buddy. My God, what a match for that special show they had last for uh, Saturday. Sidebar: um, I was watching New Japan on Thursday, and my husband was just happened to be watching it with me. Mister Love was watching it with me, and he was like, "Who's Sanada?" I was like, you mean Sonata? I was like, when? <laughs> Look at you when? correcting Mr. Love. Look at you. He was like, because he's seen it on the board. He was like, and he, why does he have a dipset belt? And I was like, okay, so like, you know, si- I have to like, then I had to like go like and tell him about, <laughs> he was like, did Cameron make the belt for them or something? Like, what did they, like, he was like, he looks pretty, he looks, he watched a match with Sonata and, uh, um, Damn, what was it? Who was who, who did he fight? Big Suge? No. Yoda Suji? Uh-uh. Damn it. He had long hair. <laughs> no. Oh, Gene Blast. Yes. Oh, no. Yoda, was it the Yoda yeah. Suji matchup? Wasn't that my, on? Maybe. Yeah. He He's got hair. long hair. That's my only He had long hair. And, yeah. he, and then he and he clearly didn't win. So, yeah, duh. Um, he, like, <laughs> when he, he said, wow, that was a good match. But he's like, his name is Sanada? I was like, no, boo. His name is Sonata. I was like, oh, God, all right. Don't worry. You treat Bless your heart. But anyway, that's my matches for the week, guys. Thanks. I, I forgot Collision counted. I would have had 
two collision matches in my list. You can still put them in. It's fine. Oh, yeah, you got would, you got two more would, slots available. It would be the yeah. two that you both said. So, the, okay, I, it would have been those two in some order. Okay. We seem <laughs> like we were all on the same page here. Annika in the chat saying uh, Andrade in, versus Buddy is number one. Then he doing his wife's move was even amazing. I was like, who told you? Who authorized this? Both of them <laughs> using their girls' moves in that match. Right. Harry versus Doki. I see it. Yes, yes. All a lot of people showing love to that. Uh, number one for Negro Buck was Andrade versus Buddy Matthews. Number two, Seth versus Ron. Number three, Jungle Boy versus Doki. Number four, CMFDR versus J Juice and J, J Joe and Juice, excuse me, the Triple J's. The uh, triple and, J's. <laughs> and we had uh, number five for him, Judgment Day versus Cody, uh, KO, and Sammy. So a lot of good choices from this week. It was very nice. Um, and Fran Frantic World says Doki is a ninja. Got it. Thank you. you. Okay. See, I didn't know if he was like a bandit, like he was like a cowboy because he had the like the half face, like you know, bandana over. Like I was like, I didn't, I didn't understand what he oh. was. So like, he's a, is he a cowboy ninja? Like, because they could be such a thing. Who knows? He's a beast. That's what he is. He's an absolute beast. Uh, you guys don't do what, you guys don't do promo of the week, but I want to shout out Juice Robinson for asking yes. CM Punk why does he want me to go to sleep? I've got my eight hours. I thought that was the greatest thing of all time. I <laughs> love my Juice. eyes. I don't got any bags <laughs> under it. First of all, Juice Robinson is like a, a treasure. We need to like put him in a bubble and don't let anybody. He needs to go there with Tom Hanks. He's amazing. Like he is, you know. Tom Hanks, Juice Robinson. I love that's, to see it. That's the cream of the crop right there. There you go. <laughs> for dear life, ladies and gentlemen. But yes, it is the time for our predictions for AEW, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Forbidden Door. Sound off in the live chat. Uh, last call for super chat donations if you want to have your comment highlighted on screen. But sound off with your predictions for the matches as we go through it. We'll start with this zero-hour pre-show as it's going to be the Women's Owen Hart Cup tournament matchup. The aforementioned ROH Women's World Champion Athena going one-on-one -on -one with the prodigy herself, Billy Starks. These two women, the winner of this matchup, will verse the winner of Willow Nightingale versus Nyla Rhodes on tonight's collision. This should be hard-hitting as hell. I'm going with Athena to advance. Chrissy Love, who you got? I'm going with Athena. Scott? Yeah, Athena all around. But I'm really excited to see what Billy does because I think she's going to do something crazy. That's what she does in all her big opportunities. She does something insane. And I'm terrified, but I'm also excited. <laughs> I agree with you 100%. Uh, this match we don't have a graphic for because they, it's not official. We'll get the graphic tonight on Collision, but it's going to be Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Minoru Suzuki versus Sting, Darby Allen, and to be announced. So I think that we said it in the chat, and I seen the report earlier. Kirian, our good friend from Wrestling, posted the graphic of the now deleted meet and greet. So. I think we're all going to say it's Tensuya Naito as the as the third man for Sting and Darby. So who wins? Sting, Darby, and Naito versus the Suzuki gods. Scott? Uh, there's no way a team of Sting, Darby, and Naito should be losing. Exactly. I That's... totally agree on all of that. I agree 100%. Uh, when they Thanks were talking... Yeah, when they were talking about the other night of how it's someone that Jericho's made an enemy of his, I was like, oh, so it's Naito. Not it's yes. not Shingo because Shingo and Jericho have never done anything. Um, so are they gonna be like bros with 
I don't know. They can't be dudes with attitudes. That's that's with Shingo. So they gotta they gotta new, need a new name this time around. So I don't know what they're gonna have, but I'm I'm excited for uh, that random team. That that's I was asking myself, how do you beat Darby Sting and the Great Muda? They got it. Put it with Naito. Nice. And also, I hope Naito wrestles in a T-shirt. I'm hoping that Sting does the Naito pose. He gives he gives Naito the fist bump. Los Ingonables de Sting. They're gonna get. And yes, a good point from those in the chat that uh, Team Sting, because he don't lose. Sting has never lost in AEW ever. And he shouldn't. Why should he? No, I agree. I'm I'm a Sting Mark. You ain't never gonna hear me say a bad word about Sting. Sting is is here to stay. Undefeated Sting continues. I agree. Team Sting gets the win. This one we do have a graphic for because it was announced on Rampage. Adam Cole, baby, going one-on-one with Filthy Tom Lawler. The match made by MJF because he wanted Adam Cole to have a match on this show like him. Who you got in this one, Chrissy Love? I'm going Cole. Scott? I want to just say this real quick. Tom Lawler was a clear... um, absence from the g1 climax so i'm really happy he gets a match on this card i think he is someone who deserves a match like this i think he's going to work really well with adam cole's style as kind of the the rugged grappling you know former mma fighter so i'm really looking forward to that one it should be a lot of fun adam cole wins because you know we're working towards that world title program but um, I'm happy Tom Waller gets to see. I think Tom Waller's going to have the spot that like a Clark Connors did last year of kind of just showing what he's all about in a match on Forbidden Door. Yeah, I think there's going to be a very good spotlight for Tom Lawler, but I got Adam Cole getting the victory, keeping his momentum towards the AEW world title match. Uh, next one, Owen Hart men's tournament kicks off at Forbidden Door, and it's going to be a good one. CM Punk versus the legend, Satoshi Kojima. This is a dream come true for CM Punk, who I'm sure is going to tell Kojima, every time you hit me with a lariat, just scream, Lariato! <laughs> Scott, who you got in this <laughs> one? I just, I just want them to play the video before this of Punk going, Kojima, and, you know, just go full into it. Uh, I'm picking CM Punk, obviously, but I want everyone to know that this match is going to be infinitely better than whatever CM Punk versus Kenta would have been in the year 2023, and I want yes. everyone to know that. Respect my boy Satoshi Kojima. Going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be old school type of match between these two. I can't wait. I agree with you. CM, CM Punk gets the win, and this is infinity better than Kenta versus CM Punk. I will keep screaming that from the mountaintop. Chrissy Love. Um, I'm going to say Mr. Punk himself. Now, I have a question for you both. Does this match go first to get CM Punk out of the building with the elite yes. there? Okay. Yes, he, he's like Brock Lesnar. He's like, I'm getting on the airplane, the helicopter, right back to Chicago. Right back to the Chicago. Airlift me in. He's a problem child. You don't know that he, he's already been in detention. He's at the principal's office. So now we have to let him go do this really quickly and then let him. He has His parents have to come pick him up. 
He's the problem child who plays quarterback for the football team, so he gets exactly. away with everything. Starting quarterback, <laughs> with everything. and, and he's the only way. Yeah, and he they know that he's the one that brings ratings, so they have to give him everything he needs because he's the star quarterback. You're absolutely right. See again, horrible. He's he's basically Messy James Hull. Vanderbeek's character in Varsity Blues. Yes. <laughs> oh no, he's the guy from no, he's the guy from um 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 Euphoria. What's the football guy's name? Oh, Nate. Nate, yep. I hate Nate. Yep, Fuck that's Nate. Him. Yep. Fuck Nate. <laughs> um, that's, that's, who, that's CM Punk, I'm telling you. AEW Women's World Championship up for grabs. Uh, the aforementioned Tony Storm defending against the NJPW Strong Women's Champion Willow Nightingale. This one should be a lot of fun. Who you got in this one, Chrissy Love? So, so whose belt is on the line? Tony's belt, right? Yes. Okay, Willow's going to lose. Okay. So, yeah, Tony's winning. Okay. Scott? Oh, man. Uh, I know, yeah, I, no. You know, I'm a Willow stand. No, I only – listen, I am a Willow stand. I love both ladies. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, they're, they're not going to give the, – they're not going to put their belt on Willow yet. It's just, just yeah. Willow already has a belt. They're not, they're not, they're not doing that. On accident. Everyone right. should remember that. On accident. <laughs> uh, you know what? <laughs> Just saying, uh, she wouldn't be in this spot if things went the way that they wanted it to. I don't even know if Tony Storm would be on the show if things went. Yeah, the way they're, they they're both. They're both have titles yeah. that they probably yeah, wouldn't have gotten yep, if it wasn't so for injuries. True. Damn, is this thing cursed? Like, what is happening? Like, what's going on? The women's side this year, last the year, women's the women's side uh, is like cursed side. on like so many levels, man. Like, if you're getting pregnant or you're getting injured, it's one of the two. <laughs> I that's not that's, I said that wrong way though. Damn. <laughs> you broke you broke Scott there. <laughs> I picked Tony. Sorry. Tony Sorry. My bad. Okay, go ahead. I'm damn. I'm gonna put myself on mute now. AEW International <laughs> Champion up for grabs is gonna be a four-way of Orange Cassidy defending against Daniel Garcia versus Katsushori Shibata and Zack Sabre Jr. If you saw the tag team match from Dynamite, you know this one's gonna be good. Scott, who you got? International championship up for grabs. I mean this in the nicest way possible. I want to punch Daniel Garcia in the face every time he does that pose. Every time <laughs> he knows what he's doing, he's a jerk for it, but he knows what he's Orange doing. Orange Cassidy doing this, and then that was good. That was great. This match is gonna be awesome. It's gonna be like last year's four way, except I think maybe a tick better. Um, if if I got to book it, Cassidy or Shibata would get all the belts, but I don't get to book it, so I'm gonna assume Orange Cassidy retains because I don't think this guy's ever gonna lose this goddamn belt. Swerve should have beat him. I agree with you 100%. Yes, absolutely. Could you imagine seeing Swerve and Zack Sabre Jr.? Give it to me. Put it in my veins right now. Um, we get him and Tanahashi, I guess. Right. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, hey, I get feel- collision. Should have been both. It should have been. Right, right. Um, But Orange is going to win. I don't see why he has not lost this thing as of yet. Um, But I guess they're giving him the same energy they did with Darby. So, you know, hey. Hey, Darby's reign never went this long. But this is uh, very true. Darby's reign was also better. <laughs> I I agree. I agree. I with, watched Samoa uh, Joe throw that man 
via his neck great. over the top <laughs> rope. Yes, he hey, did. <laughs> Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy's in my top five best champions in the world right now because he just never loses his title, defends it very often, and very often it's great matches. And I think this is going to be a great one. But yes, I got Orange Cassidy getting the win with Daniel Garcia taking the orange punch, probably. Uh, right. This yeah, one, Daniel, Daniel's definitely taking that L, son. This one right here might be the sleeper for match of the night, even though the, t- the top two matches are going to deliver big time. This might be a banger of a matchup as you got Team Blackpool Combat Club versus Team Elite Blackpool Combat Club, of course, represented by John Moxley, Claudio Castanoli, and Wheeler Yuta, teaming up with Shoto Aminu and Kanosuke Takeshita to verse the Elite's Hangman Adam Page and the Young Bucks, as well as Eddie Kingston and Tomohiro Ishii. Oh my goodness. I am ready to see this matchup. Who do you got in this one, Scott? I'm never betting against my boy Shooter. I'm so happy he got on this show. I thought last year's Forbidden Door match that he had was like his big shining moment of his excursion. And I look at all 10 of these people and I say, oh, Ishii's here to get pinned. That's why you're here. I think Blackpool Combat Club wins. Uh, I think you're protecting everyone on that side. Even I know Yuta's there, and he can always get pinned. But because of the way the Blackpool Combat Club and the Elite are feuding, I wouldn't have anyone from either group be getting pinned. This should be fantastic. This will probably be, I'm going to confidently say, your third or fourth best match of the night. I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say third. I think I have it I have it directly at third as far I'm just as saying, don't doubt MJF. I mean I, I think the MJF matchup we're gonna talk about is gonna be great, but this one just has some of my favorite guys in either company in it. But I I do agree with you. I think the Blackpool Combat Club get the win. Chrissy Love, BCC, or Team Elite. Um BCC is winning. Um and it's only be it's only gonna be because um Uncle Eddie does not listen and he's a problem. And he's just like Sam Punk. He don't. He don't, he doesn't give a shit about anybody but himself. And um, yeah, he's that's just it. Sam Punk. <laughs> Uncle Uncle Eddie will let the hatred get to him. That's yeah, his yeah, he's not, yeah that's he, the hatred is just yeah. And he holds grudges, as you can see as well. And yeah. again, he's another one that has to get sent to the principal's office every time. And he went over here, and he just does not give. A, he does not give a fuck. So yes, My- Uncle Eddie will make them lose. My podcast partner made a great point. He can't wait until Eddie's in the ring and Yuta's there. And he's like, Yuta, tag Claudio in right now. <laughs> I come in right now. Um, come on. This would say, saying, uh, I, I'm surprised NJPW is al- even allowing Shibata to wrestle on this show. I'm not surprised at that because they let him wrestle on ROH all the time and AEW. I'm surprised that this is a New Japan show that has Shibata wrestling on it because he never seems to wrestle for it's New so Japan. Weird. It's so He weird. never wrestles for New Japan. That's really? the surprising part. Wow. Yeah. Are they like not clearing him to wrestle in Japan? Is that it? Maybe. Maybe. It seems weird. fine to me. He does seem fine to me, too. Uh, Steven saying picking Team Elite. Uh, Nero Buck saying going for Team BCC. And the Elite win the war at Blood and Guts. Frantic World saying I got the Elite and the Pitbull. The Elite, the Pitbull, and Uncle Eddie. Uh, And uh, Negro Buck saying Shooter. And Mrs. says they are clearing him in Japan. I, I haven't heard anything like that. And he hasn't been in Japan. 
to even it have a been in Japan though. since last year's Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. That's weird. I mean, I'm sure he's Very. been to Japan since then. <laughs> Very weird, though. Very weird. Yeah, he was there for uh, Goto's anniversary Yeah, show. he's also not running the dojo anymore in yeah. the U.S., so I'm very confused what Katsuyori Shibata is doing other than being an awesome Pure Rules champion. Hey, as long as he's doing that. This one, I think, is going to be a dark horse for one of the better matches of the night for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. It's Sonata defending against Jungle Boy Jack Perry. I've been loving the war of words between these two men who apparently are not good at tape study and have never seen each other's matches, despite Jack Perry winning with Sonata's finishing move on Rampage. That, it's been great, the war of words in interviews between these two. But who walks out with the top prize in New Japan, Miss Christy Love? Sanada! Woo-woo! <laughs> <laughs> Pop, popping the hubby. Popping the, the hubbies. Hubby, yep. <laughs> it's not a foot of wind, friends. Oh, you, you got it, Scott. Yeah, absolutely, Sonata. Um, this is the match of the two handsome men, right? That's, yeah. that's, that's the match. He is a sexy man, too. Like, he real, like, he real, like, like clean, like. Yeah, cleaned a, up Sonata. Is a right, different... like, you can't touch, like, don't yeah. touch this area right here. That's the <laughs> moneymaker. Like, you can't do yeah. that. Yeah, Sonata will not let you, like, in, yeah, it's all of that. I'm looking forward to this one. I think if it goes like 15 minutes, just you know, full speed, it can be really good. Yeah. Also, yeah, so, Jack Perry's turning heel. Yeah, I was gonna ask. So you're saying it's gonna happen at the pay-per-view? <sighs> I think he probably puts hook into the ground. Yeah. I think I think the best part about the Jack Perry heel turn is it looks like Hook's gonna get his first real feud out of it. Yeah. And I think that's going to benefit both of them very well. I agree. I agree. Uh, I don't know if it's going to happen at the pay-per-view. I think we get the next step in the slow burn at the pay-per-view for sure. If if uh, they didn't do that blood and guts thing at the end of last Forbidden Door, I would say you're probably right. But I know Tony Khan's not afraid to make it make the show about his angles. So. This is true. For the AEW World Heavyweight Championship, it's going to be MJF defending against the ace, Hiroshi Tanahashi. MJF has been talking a whole bunch of shit about New Japan Pro Wrestling. So, of course, he is facing the embodiment of NJPW in the ace. Who wins this one? And what do you think we're going to get in this matchup, Scott? MJF wins. And he'll never admit it, but you know he's absolutely amped about this match. Yes. You know deep down this guy is a New Japan fan through and through. You watch his matches, you know he's a big fan of the of that. As much as he wants to call it an indie over in Japan, uh, he's definitely amped up for this. I think Tanahashi's probably as perfect of an opponent as you can give him for the story they're going for of him hating New Japan and Tanahashi defending New Japan against MJD, as he called them, uh, in that little promo, which I thought was great. I, I, I loved him this week being like, I finally remembered your name. <laughs> uh, I'm really looking forward to this one. I think this one, I think this is your dark horse. Like, it's not going to be as good as the last two matches. Nothing is. It's impossible to reach those last two, I think. But this is going to do its best. Like, if there's a match on this show that can hit the Dave Meltzer five-star rating, I think this one, like, if Tanahashi's knees are ready to go, I think they can hit it. That is a good one. That crowd's going to be red hot. 
Yeah, that's the one thing. Tanahashi, you have to remember. Tanahashi, no one thought he was going to beat Moxley last year. But one of the loudest reactions was that matchup when he came, when he got out of the choke from Moxley. People were on their feet. So who you got? Tata versus MJF, Christy Love. Uh, I'm going to go MJF. I agree. We're making it unanimous once again. MJF for the win. This one, I think, is the most unpredictable matchup on the card. Kenny Omega defending the IWGP United States Championship in a rematch of what many people are calling the consensus match of the year and one of the greatest matches of all time at Wrestle Kingdom 17 Will versus Will Ospreay, Omega Ospreay 2, who walks out with the U.S. Championship in Kenny Omega's home country of Canada, Chrissy Love. See, this is where it gets fuzzy, right? Because he's in hometown. So I feel like if we do this, Will might lose so he could win at home and make it more meaningful. This will this will make Will go like batshit crazy and just like really like just like Bruv is gonna be really, really pissed off. <laughs> bruv. Bruv. <laughs> he has a shirt that just says that, I'm pretty sure. That's what yeah. Very funny. <laughs> Um, but I feel like Don Callis is going to be some type of factor in this as well. Um, so I'm going to give it Kenny, even though I, I shouldn't get, you know, my boo is, Will, no, fuck it, Will Offspring. I'm going to just go with my, my heart, my boo. Yeah, I was about to say, I was about to say, you're going to go against him after you were, no. you, were uh, you were fawning over him last I week? I still when am. When I seen him talking to Don Callis, I was like, this, we need more. This is just a little bit. I need to see from that waist down. Let's go. <laughs> wow! What are we doing? We're supposed to be a PG oh, show, stop young it. lady. Oh, come the hell on, please! <laughs> as much time as I sit through you guys, don't do that. I never, I never, I am not like like Jimmy Macaram who says he wants to do some cruel things to Willow Nightingale. I'm not like you guys with the wills. You and your wills fetish. You and Jimmy. Okay, fine. Me and Jimmy will have to be at it then. That's whatever. I don't care. I don't know how you follow that, Scott, but who you got? Osprey Omega 2. I think it's Osprey winning. So you're both oh, going with Osprey? I think this match will be better than the one they had at Wrestle Kingdom. Really? Because I that was a good, good, really good match. And he threw that man head into that death table several <laughs> times. They saved a lot though. I think that's the yeah. creativity of that first match. They still manage to save a lot, and I think people are going to like this one more because of how red hot the crowd's going to be. Because the crowd is very different, obviously, in Japan and here in the US. That was also with like the weird cheering rules. They were like, Yeah, you can kind of cheer, but you can't do something. I think Osprey wins. I think they need that US title back in Japan. I do understand that Will winning, it makes it 1-1. You get the U.S. title back into the Japan, but it would completely eliminate Will as an option to win the G1. So I'm going to stick for now. I may change my mind when I uh, – no, I can't change my mind. This is the last time I'm doing predictions. What you say? Right, yeah, we got to put – we got to submit our – I got to be today. different. Yeah. I got to be different from both of y'all. I'm going with Kenny Omega. I think Kenny Omega wins because Don Callis and Kanosuke Takeshita try to cheat 
and oh, and Osprey is John Cena at Money in the Bank 2011, and he doesn't want to win that way, and that leads to his downfall, and Omega wins, and it sets up Omega Osprey three at All In in the UK with Osprey's career on the line. Oh my God, are you kidding me right now? What Osprey's yes. career on the line? Right, like how well, like, bro, bro is like ten line. years old. What are you talking? Right, like bruv. <laughs> bruv is broken down. Bruv, he's broken down. Yeah, Kenny was broken down too. Look at him now. He's, he's hey. just gonna get fixed up a little bit. You need time off. You need time off. And no, and, and no one believes in the retirement stipulation. Everybody breaks those anyway. So who cares if he loses? If he loses, he loses. But yes, I think Kenny Omega gets the victory here. Only because I can't see New Japan winning the top two matches on this card. Meaning, let's go to the main event of the show. It's going to be Brian Danielson going one-on-one with Kazucha Okada. First time ever. This is the matchup everyone is anticipating the most from this show. And it's been officially named the main event. Scott, who you got? Okada versus the Dragon. I think the best wrestler in the world wins this match. The best wrestler in the world right now is Kazuchika Okada. I think this is going to be every bit of the dream match. It's supposed to be and more. I'll even boldly say this is going to be your match of the night, which is saying a lot, which means it probably has to be the match of the year to be the match of the night. But I think it's going to be outstanding. I think Brian Danielson, if this means Brian Danielson can't wrestle for the next five months, I don't think he cares. I think he is going to put everything into this match and more. And I think Kazuchika Okada, he knows the spot. Yeah, sure. It's not the Tokyo Dome, but it's the match he's only been asking for and asking for and asking for in every interview he's pretty much done. Uh, This is going to be everything. And it should be your main event of the evening. It's the only match to me that you can main event and say, that's why the world titles aren't in the main event. It's because we have this special singles match. Because if you put the U.S. title in the main event, it's like, excuse me? Right? It's like, what? You put the U.S. title in the main event over the world titles? This one you could do. It's got to be Okada. Okada's on the run of his career right now. I agree. F them kids, Okada is the <laughs> best Okada. And that's why I'm going with the Rainmaker to get the victory. Chrissy Love, Brian versus Okada. Who you got? I think you're muted, Chrissy. Sorry. I'm going to go with the Rainmaker as well. Um, sorry, they're doing noise outside my uh, in my yard. Um, no but, yeah, I'm going to go with the Rainmaker. I, w- I feel like this won't be the last time I, we see these guys again, though. I feel like we're gonna, they're going to do it one more time. So uh, I'm not mad if um, the Rainmaker wins so that, that the BCC can win the next time. That is fair. That is fair. Man, the expectations are very, very high for this one. Uh, I can't wait for it. I think that the bar for these last two matches is at five stars. So it's going to be a great show. Tomorrow night, we'll be here live on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel with our watch party hosted by Romeo. He will be here with uh, probably a bunch of folks will be watching this show. So join us live here at 8 p.m. Eastern time 
for our AEW NJPW Forbidden Door Watch Party. Uh, I believe he said he's going to be going live for the for the buy-in. So join us live early, 7, 7.30 for that one as we watch one of the what's going to be one of the biggest shows of the year. And, of course, check out our preview from yesterday with myself, J News, uh, Joe Holbert of Wrestle Purist and NK of Wrestle Things previewing the show more in depth for you. So join us live for that. But thank you so much to our final special guest on the show, Scott E. Wrestling. Scott Edwards, always one of my favorites to talk about wrestling from all over the world. Please let the people know where they can follow you on social media, what you got going on on all your platforms, despite your week off where you didn't have a week off. Yeah, uh, you can follow me <laughs> at Scott E Wrestling on Twitter. That's the best way to find all of what I'm doing. Uh, this week I'm gonna have a lot of content. Next few weeks I have a lot of content because, like I said, it is tournament week in Japan. Um, but uh, this week I'll have a uh, what the hell? Stardom Sunshine 2023 review up over on the Fight Game Media YouTube channel. I'll also have a Midsummer Champions Live review next Monday. Uh, that'll be about 5.30 p.m. on the Fight Game Media Network YouTube channel as well. Um, I'll have a five-star Grand Prix preview with guests talking about the big tournament uh, in a few weeks. I've done that three straight years now, so why not make it four, four, three? I don't know. Numbers don't <laughs> matter. Either way, make sure you're watching. I think it's probably the third straight year, actually. This will be the third year, but it's okay. I'm... I, this is, I don't do math for a living for a reason. Uh, and then, yeah, um, I have some interviews coming out to look forward to. I have an interview with Dragon Gate's Shun Skywalker coming out on Tuesday ahead of their Kobe Pro Wrestling Festival show this upcoming July 2nd on next Sunday. So, yeah, that's all I look forward to me. Don't ask me to do math. <laughs> As long as you don't ask him to do math, he is here to deliver. Scott, Always. thank you for, for joining us today. Miss Chrissy Love, please let the people know where they can follow you on social media, what you got going on. Um, yes, guys. Um, I hope you watched Seven Face and Hills from last week. Uh, it was recorded. Uh, we recorded it for Father's Day. I hope everyone had a great Father's Day weekend. Other than that, you can check us every Saturday, 11.05 a.m. for True Hill Heat, our flagship show. Um, Dark Side of the Ring returns back on Friday. Me and SP, well, SP and I, excuse me, we do our Dark Side of the Ring review. So we're going to do our the latest two episodes. So be there, be squared on Friday. And then we're back here on uh, Mon I mean Sunday, excuse me, no, Saturday. We're going to do True Hill Heat. Um, I will be probably on the watch along tomorrow, hopefully so. If everything provides, I will be there um, and to watch Forbidden Door. And that's it. Uh, uh, IG, Twitter, and on Facebook is Chrissy Love underscore one or just Miss Chrissy Love. And uh, Twitter is True Hill Chrissy Love. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. Follow Miss Chrissy Love for all her great takes, all her great takes. Like CM Punk is a messy hoe. Uh, you can follow me on the Twitter machine at True Hill. That might be a fact. <laughs> <laughs> See? See, it's, listen. I love him, though, so it's okay. 
You will follow me on the Twitter machine at True Hill SP3. Follow the game, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at True Hill Heat. Patreon.com forward slash True Hill Heat. $3 a month. Get in the prediction championship. We're winding down season four next weekend with Money in the Bank. But season five will start right after that. You got Slammiversary later in July. So we'll start with that as well. So plenty of great stuff over on Patreon.com forward slash True Hill Heat. And you can also become a member with $1 a month to the true hill heat youtube channel i want to thank everyone in the chat you guys were great talking about this week in wrestling and uh we got breaking news from safet here saying that ronda and Shayna are defending their titles against raquel rodriguez and Liv morgan at money in the bank so there you go that was on the smackdown lowdown so some breaking news to end the show there but Yay. i want to thank <laughs> Your favorite match. Uh, I want to thank all of our special guests from today's show. Jeff Hawkins, Baby Huey, of course, Scott, who joined us for the predictions and match of the week. Of course, Chrissy Love, our producer in the back, Baby Seth, and all of you for joining us. Thank you so much. It is me. It is me. Your True Hill Phenom SP3. This has been True Hill Heat 231. Kick in the forbidden door. We are signing off until next time. Later.